Welcome in, everybody, to Center of Attention. All right, I'm super excited to do this intro because it's uh, the first time that I got a person that's not in the same room as me to do my podcast, and it's one of my favorite people, a uh, guy who basically got me into broadcasting and was my broadcasting partner for about two years that I was um, the sports director here at, at Western and the the, re- the radio station KWSB. It is uh, Christian Saez is my guest today. And um, we talk a whole whole bunch about all different kinds of sports. It's uh, a way for him to be able to get his sports opinions out there without having a weekly sports talk show. He's the one who started my radio show that I, I host now, Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. Um, so I owe basically all that I'm doing with broadcasting to him, and, and I'm super grateful that he decided to come on and do the podcast. Uh, just going to plug his social media real quick before we get into the episode because um, we talked for a while. This is going to be a long one. Uh, His Instagram is at CJ underscore photos underscore studio. um, And that's going to be his Instagram. And his Twitter is going to be, I believe it's at CJ Saez, S-A-E-Z. And that'll be his Twitter handle. He does a lot of different things. Um, He's grinding away to try and become a a broadcaster. He's uh, doing it the right way, I think. And... um, uh, I'm sure that he's going to be successful whenever he, he does get the opportunity that he's looking for. Um, my You can follow me on social media, obviously, at Jimmy Pilato on Twitter, at Proud underscore WAP on Instagram, and then Facebook, uh, just Jimmy Pilato. Um, but if you like the show, you can listen on all available pod, podcast platforms. If you listen on Spotify, please follow the show. Um, that way the episodes pop up in your feed automatically. If you're on any of the other platforms, like and subscribe. And then if you're listening on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, if you can leave a review and a, a rating, five-star rating, that would be huge. It would start putting us on the charts and find different people to listen but uh that's going to be the end of this intro and i uh, hope you guys enjoy listening to my out, buddy bring christian out, bring them out bring them out it's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth Come on. bring them out bring them out hey. bring them out bring them out yeah. bring them out bring them out hey. bring them out bring them out Coming live from the VIP, heard the nightlife, lost life without me. Both dead in the state, wanna see my knee. The whole city got pissed, heard he got three. That other nigga got a hip and shouted, he not down. Who set the city on fire? All right, Saturday morning, and now it's time. Um, this is my first time having a guest that's not in the same room as me, but I think uh, he, he understands how to um, be interviewed like this, and I think I'm gonna get there at some point. He's a uh, I'm not going to say he's my mentor because he's just like maybe a few months older than me, but uh, it's close enough. Uh, Christian Saez is the guest today on Center of Attention. Christian and I were radio partners for the past two, uh, a little bit over two years. We were broadcast partners for the live events for Western, um, and then he handed it over to me, and I hope that I've done as well as he did when he started it. But Christian, thanks for coming on. This is going to be a lot of fun because now we don't have to worry about uh, FCC regulations, time limits, no commercial breaks, yeah, of course. anything like that. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. No, it's exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I miss being back in Gunnison. I, I moved out to Washington after I, uh, I graduated from Western. And so it's, it's nice giving a call back and I hope to come up and visit Gunnison sometime soon. I've heard it's a little bit snowy up there where you guys are right now, but yeah, uh, but I saw social media last week. It's been snowy up in in Washington too. It it has it has yeah. We uh we had school canceled for a couple of days. I was actually supposed to broadcast um for ESPN 
I think it was last week. And because of the school districts canceling school, um, they canceled the broadcast. I was pretty bummed. But uh, yeah, so it's been a little crazy out here, but nothing like a good Gunnison snow either. It's uh, it's nice. It's nice in that winter time of year to to have snow on both sides. Yeah, it's uh, the only thing that you're missing out on here in Gun- in Gunnison is when it, after it snows, it's like minus 30. So then everything just freezes. And, and <laughs> I don't miss that, to, man. I don't miss that. Everybody's having to take a jackhammer to their windshield to try and get it cleared off. That's that's basically all you're missing. Uh, other than that's that, okay. I can I can live without that. We're out here, see, we just don't have good road maintenance, so people just slide everywhere, and you know, it's you know, it's a miracle if you can get to work without your car getting you know hit three or four times. But yeah, they, everyone has its uh, it's every state has its weaknesses in the winter. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine that the Northwest is used to getting that much snow. But, Not uh, normally. Well, let's get right into it because so you, you've listened to a few of the episodes of the podcast that I've put out, um, kind of trying to do my own thing here, and I started doing a get-to-know-the-guest segment. I'm not sure if you're a huge karaoke guy. I mean, we've gone out to the bars a couple times, but there's no karaoke <laughs> bars in Gunnison. Um, yeah. But you know me being... That's that's the main thing that I talk about. That's what I wanted to do for my 21st birthday. But like I said, Gunnison doesn't do karaoke. Um, so the get to know the, to get the get to know the guest segment. Um, I need to know your go to karaoke song, who your go to partner would be, and for you, I'm gonna say be careful when you pick that because I do know that you're living with Marissa now, and <laughs> you, you guys are, are she, she's like your partner in crime. So be careful when you say that yeah. one. And then no, uh, I know I I got you. Yeah, no. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So I'm I'm trying to think. So for for go to karaoke karaoke song and karaoke partner, um, I'll come back to the song. But the karaoke partner you mentioned, Marissa. I, I actually I'm gonna I gotta stay away from Marissa with with a karaoke partner. Um, unfortunately, the the girl's been blessed with a lot of other talents, but musical ability is not one of them. And uh, and so it, it's there's a there's a lot of monotone in, in there. Um, and so, uh, uh, for, for musical talent, probably go-to partner would be, um, honestly, I mean, it, it could be, I would say probably my, my buddy Grant from back home. He's got, he's got a little bit more music, uh, musical ability. Um, he's got kind of some, a good ear for things and the guy's fun to be around. And that's, I feel like that's the bit most important part when you're choosing a, a karaoke partner, you got to have someone that's fun and that can get into it too. You can't have someone who's just kind of awkwardly sitting there and, you know, doesn't know the words all the way, doesn't, doesn't know how to, you know, get into it. And so that's fun. I would also probably go with uh, Earth, Wind and Fire September for my go-to song. That's, that's, I mean, it's just a classic and you don't have to be that, you don't have to be that good at singing. You don't really have to like sound that good. You can kind of just spout the words off and it still works. And that's a good one. Yeah. And everybody's going to know the lyrics so you can get the crowd involved. And I agree. Oh yeah. Stage presence is huge. And I'm not going to lie. It's early on in the podcast where the, you're going to be about the, I think you're going to be the seventh episode, but you're the fourth guest. And that's probably the best karaoke song that I think I, I've heard so far. <laughs> wow. I, did. I was not expecting Earth, Wind and Fire coming from you. Cause <laughs> hey, dude, you know that Earth, Wind and Fire, you can't go wrong with that. You you get a lot of people that are like, oh, don't stop believing by journey or whatever. But come on. You gotta, also it a, a solid choice. Yeah. yeah. But, it could be, but come on. Yeah. And, and then. The other part of the get to know the guests, five favorite movies and why one reason why you love them. Oh, geez. Uh, five favorite movies. Does it have to be in order from like best 
to worst or like you know top five starting at the first or can it just be random uh if it's random i might chastise you for the place that they put that you put them in but it, it can be up to you you can put them either in order or you can just say your top five Okay, so I'm going to start with one that a lot of people probably haven't seen, but it's almost almost a promotion in a sense. So Marissa and I yesterday um, went and saw the new movie 1917, and, and I'm a big war movie fan up till then, and this will be one of my other favorite movies. Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. is definitely in my top five. Um, and so I went and saw the movie 1917 last night, which is a very similar movie to Saving Private Ryan. Actually, uh, even the storyline is somewhat similar. Um, but right now I believe that picture is up for, or the film is up for best picture as, as, as it sits. And, uh, I was, I was blown away, um, with how good the movie was. It was, it was basically, and why it was so impressive. It was shot in all in basically one long shot. It was a one shot movie. So it was two hours of one continuous shot, which when you think about it, seems crazy and seems like it would be lame and kind of boring, but the way they filmed it, it was a must see. Um, definitely. I would argue my favorite movie that I've seen in the past few years and up there in the top five, 100%. Um, so you got to go see it if you haven't seen it already. And you like, you know, some action packed movies that was intense. Um, that one's number one, uh, saving private Ryan's up there too, for the same re- for the same reasons. Um, you know, that one, that one's just, just a classic, you know, good war movie. That one has so many different, you can take so many different still pictures from that movie. And oh, you for can, sure. Yeah. People will be the able to pick out those no matter what. The way it's shot in film and just, yeah, it, that was, that's amazing. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll kind of split it up. Those are my two favorite war movies. Um, two favorite sports movies, just since we'll do that. Cause I'm, I, I enjoy a good sports movie. Um, Remember the Titans. Of course, um, that that's just also a classic, and that can't, you can't go wrong with that. Um, and actually, Moneyball is in the top five for me, surprisingly, because um, I obviously, as you know, played baseball, grew up with baseball my entire life. I'm a huge baseball fan, um, but that really, like, I think Moneyball for me kind of inspired the business side of baseball in me. And although I'm not working in in baseball and I don't plan to have a career in baseball specifically, um, you know, the idea of working in sports, I think really came up for me when I watched the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt and, um, uh, and Jonah Hill. And I, I mean, I was inspired to, you know, not just work it for, for a team, but, you know, be able to be around sports, uh, as a career, um, outside of uh, a player atmosphere. And so, uh, for me, that movie kind of just opened my eyes to seeing that, a little bit at a, at a wider scale. And, um, I, I just love watching Moneyball. It's a, it's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, so that's I four. I wasn't expecting you to go with that one. I didn't, I didn't peg you for an analytics guy, which is basically what that brought into. And then, yeah, it, since you're a broadcaster, I was thinking the guy that you saw in a sports movie that wasn't an athlete that you would have liked would be Harry Doyle. I thought Harry Doyle was going to be your go-to <laughs> sports movie. No, character. no, just a bit yeah, outside. That, just a bit outside. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's not a bad guess, but no, it's, and it's not necessarily just like I said. It's not about like like I don't have a dream of being a general, the general manager of the Oakland A's. I don't have a dream of being you know a statistician for MLB. It's just it, it was just kind of seeing the atmosphere of being in the sports community or from that that was that was at least dictated in that film. Um, that was just exciting for me, and I think it kind of opened my eyes to different um, opportunities in mm-hmm. just working in sports and the ability to to kind of craft your job around a sports team or a sports organization or many various sports organizations. And, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, broadcasting ended up being what I, what I went into, 
Um, but that was kind of the start of all that. So that, that would be, that would be up there for sure. Uh, on, and then, uh, oh, that's the last one is, is tough. Um, there, it, when I was actually at Western, I was taking a political class and I'm not a very political, um, person uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not a huge person to jump into politics very often. Um, but there was a movie, um, called V for Vendetta. I believe it's also still on Netflix. And I, I actually loved the, besides beside the politics aside, I loved the meaning and the filming and the way that movie was put together. Um, and just the, it, just, just the actual um, kind of storyline and the writing for that movie was, was incredible. And I remember I watched that like three times in a row, actually, um, you know, in this, in the course of like a month after I had seen it in, in that class. And uh, it was powerful. It was really cool. It was, you know, like I said, politics aside, it was a very, um, very well written, well shot movie. Um, and that one, surprisingly, that's my that's my black sheep of my top five. But that one was was definitely a phenomenal movie. So that's my top five. That, so it's kind of all over the place. But, you know, those, those are good movies. That's I put that question in mainly for the get to know the guest segment as a communications major. I wanted to find see if people can kind of nerd out the same with me and and since you're obviously a graduate from the same department that i'm going into yeah uh, i knew that would would be a good segment and you, of course v for vendetta i mean i've heard a lot about it never actually sat down and watched it just because i wasn't necessarily interested in, in yeah. the plot line but maybe maybe it's I a can. very it's a very i would say you got you got to be like in the mood for it i mean it's mm -hmm. a very deep emotional movie in a sense. And so it's one of those, you know, movies that you kind of got to pay. You almost have to watch two or three or four times okay. um, to start like kind of putting it together. But it's one of those, like if you're in the, if you're in the mood to just kind of like dive in deep with a movie, it, it, it can be very powerful. Um, I, I'm not a, a normally a huge fan of movies like that, but if a movie that's going to, you know, kind of push your thought process a little bit farther, sometimes it, it's, it's nice every once in a while to, to find a movie that's going to kind of push you like that. So yeah, that's one of those good ones. If you're, you know, trying to get confused for a little bit and figure stuff out, there's, there's definitely a few movies out there that'll do that. And that's one of them. Yeah. On the last podcast that I would, I put out, I was talking about, um, do you, have you watched the TV show on Netflix? You, that's what it's called. You. Oh gosh. Marissa has, she watched the all, she watched like the entire season. I think like a couple days after it came out. I mean, like within a couple days of it coming out. Yeah. Uh, I did not, but, but I heard it was, I, I would insane. highly recommend it. If, I mean, you you got to like being, like you said, you got to like being challenged. That's what I, I was always, that's why I, the main reason I said, I, I loved it so much and why I was yeah. blowing through it so fast. Cause they just put out their second season. I don't know if Marissa had watched, has watched the second I watched, season. Yet. I actually watched the first one with her, but she watched the second one without I, I didn't watch the second one as a tv show like a, a psychological thriller like that and since it's told through the lens of you know how it, it would like hide stuff in the original yeah um, setting and then it would go back and show the same thing and then you'd be able to pick up like three or four things that it deliberately didn't show you that's like uh, yep, exactly. that that i would i said it on the podcast last week that's probably the highest i can recommend a show is that show i don't think that there's going to wow. be anything better than that um it, just in that genre of tv shows so the you, we're on Solid. the same wavelength of finding stuff that can push you and, and hide <laughs> stuff from you um, yeah at times yeah, of course. Sometimes yeah. you just got to go in for a good comedy or a good action movie, but every once in a while, you like to get deep with it. Yeah, no, you you definitely got to split it up. You can't go all drama because then you're you're gonna be uh, just 
out, out in the shed <laughs> in, in the middle of nowhere just because everything's out to get you. You'll turn to a conspiracy nut real fast. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the get to know the guest. I, it's pretty solid. I mean, that's probably the most solid segment that we've had doing that so far with the new guest. So uh your your Good broadcasting pro- prowess has shined through so yeah. far in, we're in making first, moves man we're making moves in your first <laughs> podcast appearance but uh we kind of we were talking a little bit the other day and you were saying how you missed having the talk radio show um because you did it for you had that going for three years right since your sophomore year yeah yeah about about yeah about two and a half years total three years is just about yeah it was, it was a long time so for, we were, for me, you know, in college. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how you were missing doing that, sh- doing the talk show, ha- being able to talk about different topics that are going on each week, and it's it's tough to find a find time to do that every week, and, every and week. being in a different market, it's going to be tough to try and break into that as well. We don't, not every place is like Gunnison, where you can just walk into the station and say, "I want to have a radio show," and they're just going to put you up on the air. So, oh yeah, we we were talking about how you miss that. I have this platform now that I started and I, I was like, well, um, it's not necessarily just a sports podcast, but I can definitely have you come on. And you and I always had good discussions about different things that were going on in the world of sports. And we were talking about it the other day for what's coming up with January being the, the second half of January and like the after the Super Bowl in February, it's pretty much a dead period for all sports. There's not really anything going on with baseball, except for this year, we'll talk about that. And then football's over. Nobody really wants to pay attention to midseason basketball. Midseason basketball is kind of boring, but yeah. that's coming from a non-basketball fan. So you have to keep that in perspective. Eh, you could ask Brady Suber, a big basketball fan, and he would agree with you on that, though. It's pretty boring at that time of year. Yeah, I, I always say the only reason I've ever watched a full basketball game, which they're all basically Western basketball games, is because I'm up in the booth in a better table. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I wouldn't be watching basketball. No, I, I 100% agree. So there's a ton of stuff going on. You wanted to get your opinions out there. You wanted to get get some things off your chest. And I guess we'll start in your domain, the MLB stuff that's been going on. I'm not going to lie to you. We've slacked in the baseball coverage uh, this year on the on the radio show. We don't. That, you know, that's okay, Jimmy. I it's you know I I I knew when I left. You know, my my options were basically stick around, make no money in Gunnison, and just hang out and be a college kid for the rest of my life, and make sure that there was baseball on the sports talk show forever, or go off and start a career and you know, know the potential of losing baseball. So obviously it's, uh, you know, it's sad, but I, I get it. I get it. You guys, you guys are solid football. Uh, you guys have a lot of knowledge on football, so it's, it's good. You guys picked up more football than when I was there because the football is, is my lacking knowledge. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it, it balances out. And we don't have Ian anymore asking me whether or not Joe Montana is one of the greatest <laughs> quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> what? He's not. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he just won four Super Bowls. That's it. Yeah. Um, that's slight. So we we definitely talk about different things on the show. I did talk about the playoffs. You'll be proud of that. I did talk about the playoffs. I tried to talk oh about the Astros cheating scandal. I just don't have a co-host who um, and has a great yeah. co-host, but he doesn't know enough about baseball, doesn't really want to get into baseball. Because um, Contrary to popular belief, Christian, but between you and me, baseball is kind of boring. A lot of people <laughs> it see be. it as very boring, but... It, it can be, and it and I think a lot of people who like think that too also play just very different sports. You know, you get a lot of a basketball and football guys that aren't a huge baseball fan because your whole life you've been 
running around at just such a high fast pace it's almost weird to to kind of sit back and you know relax and watch a sport that you know you don't really have to get excited for like that you can sit back and relax while you're playing have a snack yeah yeah exactly you know just just get you know it's it's just interesting i think and um yeah i agree i mean because i work in baseball in the summer and um and you know it's very it's widely popular but there's a very specific demographic and um yeah, it's interesting to see what kind of people are big fans of baseball and fans of other sports or big just big fans of other sports and not a huge fan of baseball. Same with soccer too. Soccer's one oh, of those sports that people are like, "Oh, it's gross," you know, but uh, but the whole world loves it for the most part, you know? So, yeah, it's interesting. Those, those are the two most like international sports that we have here in the state. So, there might be a little bit of bias because basketball we invented, football we inve- invented, but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get your we'll get m- more of my baseball opinions out there now. So I need you yeah, to <clears throat> explain. I need you to explain most of the drama that's going on in the in, in the MLB. We can go as far in depth as you want. We can stay on the surface if you want. But there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. Um, we haven't gotten to talk about the Astros cheating scandal. The last time you and I talked, we did an interview for the sports radio sports talk radio show, and we talked about the Astros. We thought that they were going to come back and beat the Nationals in the World Series, which we all know didn't end up happening. Um, yeah. But what, what's what been going on with baseball? They're staying relevant, probably for all the wrong reasons, but they are staying relevant. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I, I, I think in this case, uh, in, in this case for Major League Baseball, bad media or any media is good media at this point. Um, and I know that's kind of broad because people are like, well, people are some people are bashing the MLB, especially the MLB um, commissioner's office on, you know, did they do the right thing with the punishments? Should they be moving forward with investigations? But in this case, like you said, baseball has been kind of looked at over the years as just, you know, off and on, whether it's been, there's had moments, you know, especially going back to the Astros 2017 World Series, which at that time was my favorite World Series besides the Giants World Series that I had watched. Um, you know, there were popular moments, but there were also slow periods where Major League Baseball is kind of like, this is boring. What are we going to do to, you know, make this more exciting and make, get people more into it? And um, I think the attention right now that, that MLB is getting, although it's negative attention, I think is getting people engaged. And it's and it's upsetting people because people are realizing this sport that a lot of people have taken for granted their whole life that, you know, people who aren't huge baseball fans, but still kind of have lived around the sports community have just kind of, you know, crossed off baseball. Like you said, like it's kind of boring, like, sure, we'll go to a game here or there if we get the chance to. Like if someone gives us tickets to a Rockies game, like, sure, we're going to go. But it's not like something that, you know, you're going to go out of your way to do or pay that much attention to. And now the game is kind of becoming controversial to where people are starting to realize, hey, like, I'm actually kind of pissed off that these scandals are coming out. And I'm seeing that Major League Baseball is, you know, maybe not handling this the right way or 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 maybe it is handling it the right way in your opinion and um i think it's bringing actually a lot of good conversation good communication um i think the debate's been really good so anyways to jump into kind of what happened um and it's and and i'm going to speak loosely there I, I you know these sources that i'm coming from um it's been hard to cite sources in in this scandal just because it's coming from every which angle um and you don't know who's just kind of trolling you and you don't know who's actually giving you good, solid information. Um, so from kind of my viewpoint, what happened was, and it started way back, who knows how far back, but at least in the 2017 World Series season for the Astros, the Astros organization kind of spearheaded a sign-stealing 
like underground sign stealing campaign in a sense where um, they would use various techniques, whether it be technology Video or camera um, in center field, right? Yeah. Yeah. They would use different tech technologies or, uh, you know, a um, different systems to, to pick the signs of the, the, that the catcher's putting down or that the coach is giving um, for the pitcher so that they can give their batters an advantage. And so theoretically that doesn't sound horrible, especially because sign stealing can be a part of the game in, in a, in a natural sense. This is obviously an unnatural sense, but it can be a part of the game. So that was kind of the initial thing that came out. And, and there actually was a little bit of reports that had come out on that um, a couple of years ago, actually after, after the 2017 world series and AJ Hinch, the manager at the time of of the Houston Astros was asked in a press conference you know, about that specifically. And he kind of laughed and said, it's not going to catch in. It's not going to catch, you know, those rumors aren't going to catch anything. We didn't do anything wrong. I'm not worried. Well, that obviously came back to bite him in the butt because over time it continued. And that, that whole scandal, that, that whole issue, um, the, the cheating ring grew. It, it involved to, to whom we know, Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran, AJ Hinch, and the, the Astros organization, potentially some people from the Yankees organization. Um, it almost kind of started to take over baseball. And eventually, you know, when you start snowballing like that, someone is going to fall off. Someone's going to kind of go rogue. And Mike Fires, pitcher for the Oakland A's, who used to be a pitcher for the Houston Astros mm-hmm. and was released and then picked up by the A's. So a little bad blood there. Yeah, there's he a reason out. why he's putting this out there. There's a reason he's the whistleblower. He came out earlier in the offseason and 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 basically included his name didn't anonymously come out included his name and made an official report to MLB stating that Houston Astros were cheating. So with his name being associated with it Major League Baseball basically looked at him and said you would not be jeopardizing your career to to basically just kind of throw out these rumors if they weren't true. And so they really di- dove in and looked hard into this found out at first that the Astros were using, like like you mentioned, Jimmy, a camera in center field to pick the signs, and they at first just using um, a trash can, banging the lid of a trash can a certain amount of times, like Morse code in a sense, yeah. to tell you if it was going to be a fastball or off speed. That was the first kind of incident that came up. And so after further investigation, they found out that A.J. Hinch was involved, Alex Cora was involved, Carlos Beltran was involved, and different members of the Astros organization. So after that came out, that was released and made public and the whole sports community specifically in baseball kind of came down on the Astros because the Astros had success. They won a world series, you know? And so they, they beat the Los Angeles Dodgers who of course you give any people in LA the the chance to get pissed off about something sports related and they will jump on you in a heartbeat. So now the Dodger fans want the world series for them because they are played against the cheating team you know, and, and and who knows how long that continued because the Astros went back to the World Series again after that. And it's just this this kind of snowball effect of issues that came out. So that and so in the end, Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran and A.J. Hinch, plus the I believe the the, the general manager um, yeah. of operations yeah. for the Astros was all suspended for at least a year and all the teams basically fired them. Um, I think that Beltran and Cora both agreed to part ways mutually with the Red Sox and the Mets um, just kind of for PR senses. I think yeah, that if the you Mets know probably... you're guilty, it's better to just get out. <laughs> yeah. Than... yeah, the Mets probably came up to Carl- Carlos Beltran and said, 
you, yeah, yeah, we're going to fire you, but we'll give you the chance to quit if you'd like. And he said, I'll quit instead. Um, he is the undefeated, only undefeated Major League Baseball manager. Oh, and oh, he didn't get to even start his first game. Um, Carlos Beltran before he got fired. So that's a bummer for him. But um, so that was kind of that was kind of the way it started. And so all those managers, people start getting fired. And this has become this huge scandal now. And like you said, now Major League Baseball is kind of under under the spotlight because people are like, okay, well, sh- is that punishment enough? Should there be a higher? Should they strip the 2017 World Series title? Should they, um, you know, should should they give the World Series title to the Dodgers? Should they, uh, you know, should they give a lifetime ban like they did with Pete Rose? Well, um, yeah, there's you a, know, there's a lot that's been going into it, and I, I do want to get your opinions on all that because. <clears throat> With what baseball, like like I said, baseball has been boring in the offseason most of the time. It doesn't yeah. really draw, draw that much attention, but they are very quick to – I mean, there's not, there's not more of a good old boys club than Major League Baseball, the, the Hall of Fame voters with what we've seen with the guys who came out in the steroid scandal not being able to yeah. be put into uh-huh. the record books, which we, we had that debate last year on the show. I think yep. it's, it's bullshit. I mean, yeah. As Barry Bonds comes up with his ballot. Coming up here in the next few days, yeah. Yeah, Barry Bonds was on steroids. It's not that hard to figure out. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa were on steroids, but guess what? Yeah, so were half the pitchers that they were playing against. Yeah. So and, I mean, they... and there was and there was a quote that came out from one of the Dodgers pitchers. I don't. I'm spacing on his name, but one of the Dodgers pitchers, when asked about the cheating scandal, he, his his quote basically was um, summed up. I would much I would much rather any day of the week face a guy pitch against a guy on steroids than a guy who knows my science because a lot of people's argument was well you know how big of a deal is sign stealing you know like in, in a natural sense everyone kind of already tries to do it anyways you know as a hitter you're trying to figure out what the pitcher's throwing maybe he's got a tendency maybe he kind of you know wiggles his hand a little bit his glove a little bit when he throws a curveball you know what I mean like you're always trying to do that but so people were saying like well how big of a deal is sign stealing and from someone who's played baseball at a high level my entire life I, I, this was this was the answer I gave to people who are questioning that sign stealing is the difference between a home for a hitter the difference between a home run and a strikeout it's the difference between a win and a loss I mean it's it's that simple I I mean there's no way I mean I 100% agree with that quote that steroids you don't know if that's going to impact your the you know that might change your you ability to hit the bar yeah, you the still ball 400 to, feet versus 450 but you, you still got to hit the ball yeah you still got to be able is, to see the ball come in and you still got to be able yeah. to hit it as far as you can so yeah and this this is this is on another level this is this is taking an element of the game you know we we make the argument about should there be robo umpires robotic umpires versus human umpires that's an element of the game that we've discussed that we've talked about this is a sign signs are an element of the game if everyone knew what pitch was going to be coming, batting averages would be between 500 to 800 for hitters. It's that simple, because because when you know what's what's coming, and, and you're the and you're one of the best hitters in the world, obviously because you're playing professional baseball, it's it's easy. It doesn't matter if the guy's throwing 105 miles an hour. You just have to time it right, and it's like batting practice, you know. And so and so that's as a as a pitcher, that is what help what helps kind of level the playing field is that the batter doesn't know what you're going to throw and he might guess that you're going to throw a, a you know an o2 curveball and hit it out of the park but he might also be looking fastball and be totally whiffing on that o2 curveball you know and so that's kind of the idea of it. so i think i think this is probably the worst out of any scandal that's come up in major league baseball it's definitely at the highest level i think this is this is something that actually has an extreme impact you know they gave pete rose 
um, a lifetime ban for betting against his own team. You know, that's that's a bummer. That's not a good look. But like that. Yeah. And even as a coach, you know, that could obviously infer that, like, you know, he lost the World Series because of that or he lost the game because of that. But this directly impacts the actual wins and losses and success of the players involved, pitchers and hitters. And that, to me, is goes above and beyond any steroids, anything like that. And I think that should be treated at the highest penalty. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up before we kind of jumped into opinions and stuff like that, or more opinions, uh, so a Twitter account, and this was where it got really interesting, a Twitter account claiming to be the niece of Carlos Beltran came out recently, I think a couple days ago, and basically said um, that she had proof that Jose Altuve and Car- uh, uh, Alex Bregman ha- were wearing wired buzzing devices on the inside of their jersey, where someone in the in the locker room was was watching the 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 signs on the TV that the c- catcher was throwing down and buzzing them to tell them what pitch was coming, and she said she had pictures, and even though she didn't give any proof, she just sparked a conversation whether it was allegedly his actual cousin or niece, or if it was someone else, some random person, it sparked a conversation. And then it came out that Jose Altuve didn't want his jersey to be ripped off after he hit the home run in the, to, to send the Astros to the World Series last year against Aroldis Chapman to beat the Yankees. And you see a video of him holding his jersey shut to keep his players from, from ripping it off. And immediately, in, in one of the greatest moments of this guy's entire life, running straight into the locker room while his team uh, celebrates and then running back out. And when Ken Rosenthal asked him, why didn't you want your, your jersey to be take, to ripped off? He said, because my wife didn't want it ripped off. Like, that's the biggest bullshit lie I've ever heard. Yeah, you know, like, there's bastard. no way in the, in the greatest moment of your life when you can completely black out mentally that you're, you're thinking about your wife's telling you not to rip your jersey. Like, come on. So oh that came out. God. There was a shot. There was a shot of, you know, a video shot of uh, kind of an indent that looked as if it could be a wired device on the inside of his arm. And the biggest, most incriminating evidence of this was the batting averages was Jose Altuve and everyone on the team, but but specifically Jose Altuve's playoff stats. In 2017, when he played at home, which is the only place they could use this device, when he played at home, he had 36 at, or he had 36 at-bats. He was batting 472 average, six home runs, 12 RBIs. At any opposing ballpark, 35 at-bats, a 143 average, one home run and two RBIs. It doesn't get more obvious than that. Like it's just, and so even though there's no evidence that comes out that says that everyone knows, everyone knows that that's what's happening. And so that's kind of where the scandal is right now. We're waiting to see if there's any punishment or further investigation on the players, but I don't think so. I don't think major league baseball is going to take the next step because you have to deal with the MLB players association yeah. with players versus coaches so it's just yeah it's it's a whole mess and that's why i texted you the other day and i was like dude i wish i was still on the sports talk show because this is just crazy craziness happening right now yeah i didn't even know about the the i knew about the the trash can and them using the video camera to steal the signs which when <clears throat> i don't know if you had the same thing when you were playing baseball but since i was the catcher i would always get to if somebody was trying to steal the signs from second base and the coach told yeah, me about makes it, it up. You, you or 
you you take care of it in a in a different way, an unwritten way, <laughs> not necessarily condoned by the team. But if it happens, it happens. It, and, it does. And yeah. Let's just say the pitcher is supposed to knock the helmet off the batter on the next pitch, so that they yes. know not to do that, and then you do switch it up. But I I didn't realize that they were wearing wires and all this shit. I mean. Yeah. yeah, technology is coming out, and technology is helping baseball out a lot. We we see the the swing angles, the launch yeah. la- launch angles, traject- trajectory, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, what what the hell? I mean, no, I, I get wanting to win. I get being so competitive that you can't stand with you can't stand with yourself if you're gonna be there and and lose. You're gonna do everything that you can to win. Um, I can even make an argument. Especially in baseball, I, I don't have too much of a problem with people taking steroids because, like, like we said, there's still a whole bunch of skill that you need to have when you're doing that. But why, why? I get World Series, yeah, that's great, and you might not know, you might never get back there, but that that's just bush league to another level. I can't even. If he doesn't get a lifetime ban, and Pete Rose got a lifetime ban just for gambling, he he had an addiction to gambling, and he couldn't stop himself from doing that. He needs a lifetime ban. Jose Altuve should never play another game in in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah, and same with Alex Bregman or whoever else is involved. And yeah, I agree 100. percent And it's unfortunate too because I look at a guy like Jose Altuve. The guy's five foot six. The guy I, I would argue, and I don't know him obviously, but just from being in myself, I'm I'm only five foot ten, and you know, and I had to work a lot harder than a lot of the people who I was playing with that were six ones, a six, three, six, four, you know, just born more naturally, um, naturally bigger athletes, you know? And I look at a guy like Jose Altuve, who is a phenomenal baseball player. The guy's a stud. I mean, don't get me wrong with or without he's, he's a good baseball player and he's probably had to work so hard his entire life to prove everyone wrong because people are going to look at him like this five foot six kid basically. And, worked his ass off his whole life just to come in and ruin it with this. And I saw a tweet from Barstool where they basically said, uh, major league baseball is going to have to come up with a rule halfway through the year to stop pitchers from just pegging Altuve and Bregman in the back every single at bat. And I'm like, that's, you know, although that's not, although that's not going to happen, I mean, it's exaggerated. I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees and the Dodgers, whenever they play the Astros have very, heated moments i would not be surprised if that if there are some some big time um you know uh, conflicts between those teams when they play each other so yeah it's kind of crazy i agree uh, about the whole lifetime ban thing just because like i said i think it directly impacts the success of the game you can't you can't give the world series trophy the 2017 world series trophy to the dodgers because you have no way you you can't give it to someone who does didn't know even if there was no sign stealing who knows They, they might still not have won it you know, yeah, um, but I, I definitely I think it should be stripped from the Astros. Yeah, I don't agree with it. Was the same thing with I don't know if you remember the Bobby Bowden stuff where it came out that he the when Florida State had their scandal and Bobby Bowden got the record for most wins as a head coach, beat Joe Paterno's record. I mean, yeah. even with Joe Paterno, they take the wins away, like strike them from the record books. Everybody knows that they still won. It doesn't really affect too much except what you write down and what people who aren't alive remember but everybody's yeah. still gonna know that the Astros won the 27 world 2017 World Series they were one of the better teams in baseball I think baseball history at that point and now we know why unfortunately and it was one of the most exciting World Series I'd watched I mean I remember I, were you on the show when that happened or, or was it was it still Ian I think it was Ian no it was just you and Ian I came on that that uh Super Bowl I was the Okay, so you were right, you were after that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it, yeah, because I mean, I remember coming on the next day and I'd watched it in my dorm in, in uh, mirrors, 
and uh, I had watched it the night before when when I believe it was Altuve who hit that that walk off home run in the crazy comeback World Series, and uh, and I remember just coming in and being like that was one of the greatest games I've ever watched in my entire life in my 21 years at the time of watching Major League Baseball. That was the greatest game I've ever watched, and uh, and it's and that's unfortunate now because you know now I look back and I'm like well God that ruins that. Yeah, you know, like that. I can't it's be like, excited about that anymore. It's like if you learn now. I mean, and I don't want to speak. It's a touchy subject because he just died. But I. It's like if you learn that Dwight Clark, when he had, when he made the catch back in the NFC Championship back in the '80s against the Cowboys, that he yeah. he had a whole bunch of stickum on his hands and that he really shouldn't have caught it, but he was cheating to the point where, um, it just it takes away the majesty of sport which is yeah. like, that's why people are so pissed off about it i mean who who really cares about um some some guys cheating in 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 a professional sport there's a whole bunch of other big problems that are going on but it's it's the fact that it's a character that these guys are supposed to exude as professional athletes and they come out yeah and, they're getting paid millions of dollars to do that yeah, yeah. and it's going to be they're not doing it correctly. They're not doing it the right way. And, and they're showing, they're making a bad example as to, well, it, we can do this to win. We're going to do whatever we take, whatever we can to win, even though it's the wrong thing to do. And it's going to ruin yeah. everything else for us down the road, but we got to win this one. Yeah. Well, and also to, uh, to just follow up on some of the facts that I forgot to bring in. Um, when when AJ Hinch was fired from the Astros, um, major league baseball also did find the Astros $5 billion, which they, really saved by just getting by firing uh aj hinch that that saved them the five million dollars right there mm-hmm. but um they also lost the 2020 and 2021 draft picks so they no longer have draft picks moving forward that that's that's a big blow but yeah. i like i said i think from a personal standpoint the people who are involved just need to get lifetime bans get them out of there um set an example you know this is just not something that that major league baseball stands for i understand that the players who were involved might have a little bit harder of a time or that the Major League Baseball might have a harder time getting rid of or, or dealing with the players because of the Players Association, and there's no real evidence. And basically, Beltron's family came out and said, we don't know who this person is tweeting to BRDs. Like, that's not, this, they're not related to us. But it, whether it was a, another player who was using a fake account, whether it's just some stupid, you know, nerd that, that wanted to start a, a war on on Twitter, you know, who, who knows, um, or whether it actually is, a, re- a relative of the Beltron family um, who made that tweet about the buzzers, it started a conversation that actually people kind of figured stuff out, you know, and so obviously it had some sort of grounds. And so I, I think there's definitely room to continue the investigation. Um, and I don't think Major League Baseball will, unfortunately. And it's, it's, it's a really, it's a bummer because I think it's a negative part of the game that could potentially continue um, if it's not dealt with the right way. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And it's definitely, like I said, it's worth looking into, even if you're not a big baseball fan, it's just from a sports history knowledge to be able to understand when someone mentions the 2020 or 2019 Houston Astros signs stealing scandal like this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a historic time in sports, uh, scandals right now. It's probably, I mean, the steroid scandal was a little bit before we were Mm -hmm. big fans. This is the biggest scandal that I can remember. Um, I mean, across professional, any of the professional sports in my lifetime, I don't remember a team. I mean, the Patriots always get caught cheating, but I don't think there's been as much hard evidence, hard evidence and people being able to figure out just how they did it. Um, just what you were bringing up that it's so, it'll be, it would be considered circumstantial evidence if it was in a courtroom, but 
circumstantial evidence, you can really put a whole bunch of, of merit into that in this situation because nobody's ever going to come out and tell you the truth. There's millions and millions yeah. of dollars on the line. Legacies are on the line. Jose Altuve, I agree with you, had probably worked all his life. I, I think he had his first MLB tryout when he was 16, and he was even shorter than he than he is now, if you can believe that. Yeah, and, and yeah he's as Marissa. <laughs> yeah, he, he's brought worked his way all the way up to being, I agree with you, one of the best players in, in the game, but now it's tainted and he's never going to be considered one of the best. I don't think he's going to be able to be considered one of the best players in the game. Yeah. And and now, and I'll end on this with the scandal talk. It's it, it, they have gone from basically being the Houston Astros to now being the Houston Asterix. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That good way to put it. Hey, Oh <laughs> yeah. That it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. Cause now you can never, uh, you just can't go back. It's just, there's always going to be some sort of asterisk put on the, the their name the world series yeah it's it's unfortunate but they, they open pandora's box and you can't close it once you open no it. you cannot no you cannot uh you also wanted to talk about the the hall of fame ballot we kind of got into it when i brought up barry bonds um is i can't i don't know who's specifically on the ballot i didn't i hadn't looked that up yet but uh the baseball hall of fame voting i mean hall of fame voting in general is normally pretty um people are pretty heated about what happens and uh it everybody's gonna want their own guy in and, and nobody's gonna get everybody that they want into it um what what was some of the things you wanted to talk about with the the hall of fame coming up yeah yeah so uh, with the hall of fame coming up there's you know obviously some guys that uh that that are up for the hall of fame here in the 2020 uh, hall of fame ballot barry bonds being in his um yeah, I believe this is Barry Bonds' last term that he can be up for the Hall of Fame. Um, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, uh, Larry Walker, Omar Vizquel, just some big names, Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield, um, Derek Andy Jeter, Pettit. obviously, it is in his first uh, in his first Hall of Fame ballot. Um, but so there's some big names, and specifically Barry Bonds, obviously. You know, I'm a Giants fan. I, I grew up watching Barry Bonds, at least towards the end of his career. And... Uh, I saw him hit his 756 home run, which was a historic moment in, in obviously all of baseball. But for, for my life too, I was in Sacramento. We had just gotten home from uh, the grocery store. We had we had turned it on on the radio because we knew it could happen on our way home. We got home to my grandma, grandma and grandpa's house, ran inside, turned on the TV. And as we turned on the TV, he was up, hit, and he hit 756. And it was just this crazy I it, I remember it like visibly as a kid, and I don't have a lot of young childhood memories like that. Just I don't remember a lot of stuff like that, and I remember that visibly. So Barry Bonds is a big guy for me. Um, and dealing with the scandal thing, you know, there's always that controversy on should Barry Bonds be in, in, inducted into the Hall of Fame? I think 100. percent I think even though you can, I think you can induct him with an asterisk and everything, you know, by his name saying, hey, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but he used steroids. That's totally fine. The guy used steroids. He still was a phenomenal hitter. He's still was the I think the best power hitter there was at the time. You know, you watch him trans transgress from when he you know, transform from when he was a young 22, 24 year old athlete playing for the Pirates to when he was finishing his career. He didn't get that much better with steroids. Um I would argue as a baseball player, it probably um, made steroids him worse. what's up? It, it probably made him worse because he had so many that, different yeah. aspects of his game when he was in Pittsburgh and then he lost yeah. all that to put on the bulk. Ex- Exactly. Yeah. And I was going to say, and as a baseball player, it's actually, I would argue that it's worse to, to get big and buff like that. I can understand steroids being a, 
a small part, you know, if you use steroids in a small sense to kind of just get lean a little bit or a little bit like more lean bulk. But when you get bulk like that, it's just not good. You don't see big, you know, Bo Jackson, Barry Bonds looking guys in baseball anymore. Um, you know, you look, you look at the biggest guys in baseball, John Carlos Stanton and Aaron judge, uh, from a physical standpoint, they're lean bulk. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're huge dudes, but they're lean. You know I mean? They're not just jacked guys. They look like DK Metcalf in a sense, you mm-hmm. know, not, they don't look like a, a linebacker like Barry Bonds did. Yeah. And so that bulk is not normally good for baseball. So I would argue that, you know, I think the steroids almost took away from part of that. Uh, and I would say he still should be in- inducted in the hall of fame. And that was just kind of my take on it. Uh, but a lot of people disagree. Uh, I would, on your side, I think that he could go in because there's a lot of people that are in MLB Hall of Fame um, that should have asterisks next to their name. Not necessarily uh, performance enhancing drug asterisks, but the segregation asterisks with Barry Bonds not having to go against any of the Cuban pitchers that couldn't come here at the time. And yeah, that's true. There's a lot of different players that over the years have been able to be integrated into the MLB um, that people didn't have to face and and I think that the careers would have been a little bit different if they had to Um, Barry Bonds is obviously I think he should go in I'm not sure about Roger Clements I don't think he was as good at his position as as Bonds was he wasn't he's just more more of a he's the face of the steroid scandal just because he was such an ass about it in front of Congress Um, and he obviously I mean I, I like him when he was with the Yankees but that's just my personal fan bias coming out uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think Roger Clemens is on a little bit. I think, unfortunately for him, he's just on a, on a, a lower scale than Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the all-time leading home run hitter, and you don't become the all-time leading home run hitter because of steroids. You know, you become the all-time leading home run hitter because you're a phenomenal hitter. Mm-hmm. And for Roger Clemens, don't get me wrong, the guy was a great pitcher, he probably before steroids too, uh, or even before steroids as well. But it's just, it. I don't think he was at the level that Barry Bonds was, and so I think that kind of unfortunately for him makes it harder. I don't, I think he'll still get in. Maybe. I don't know. It's, that's a tough one. That, that one's a 50, 50. I think he could, or he couldn't. It's just a, it's a, it's a toss up. And I think, I, I think there's a higher chance that Barry Bonds will become a hall of fame member. I just, I'm not sure about Roger Clemens. I, that's a tough one. I'll, I'll let you know that if Clemens makes it in and Larry Walker never does, or Todd Helton never does, that would really piss me off just because. Yeah. It's that would be based on just where you played your career. I mean, we talked about it. There was a guy that played for the Mariners. I think it was was it Eric Chavez or was it? um, He was a pitcher that we were talking about on the show last year, and he was Randy Johnson. No, 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 no. It was a he. It was a Hispanic name, but since he played his entire career in Seattle, and Seattle's not a huge market, just like how oh Felix Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have gone in. He had the the stats to go in, but since he didn't play in a big enough market, nobody knew about him. And I think um, that we're we're seeing Larry Walker and and Todd Helton probably fall victim to the same thing that that he did. Yeah, no, I know. And, you know, I I mentioned this always this always starts a fun conversation is it would Derek Jeter be the type of player Derek Jeter is? Would he be regarded on such a godlike level? If he didn't play for the Yankees, I 100% think Derek Jeter would just be an all-star player if yeah. he didn't play for the Yankees. If, if Derek Jeter didn't play for the Yankees, he would just be a, a, a high-level, even mid-high-level all-star player. And yeah. that's about it. He'd be like a Francisco Lindor, you know, like a Mookie Betts. You know, good, don't get me wrong, phenomenal player. But the Yankees, that platform just skyrocketed him 
to the fame that he was and he became the captain um you know and he became and he became the guy that that obviously had phenomenal moments in big times but uh yeah, I just think there, you know, there's definitely something to be said about the platform and the team that's being that that the the market that they're playing in. And Roger Clemens had that. Barry Bonds had that with the Giants. San Francisco is one of the best, not just for baseball but sports markets in the world. As we're seeing, you know, the the 49ers coming closer to a Super Bowl this year, and you know, and so I definitely think it just depends on kind of what market you're playing in. You know, if you're playing in Minnesota, it's just it's not the same. Yeah, it's a big difference and. Um, we're seeing it now with the Rockies. If you want to talk about some current MLB stuff that's going on, I don't know if you've seen, if you've kept up with the Rockies since you left Colorado, but we talked about the huge contract they gave Arenado last year. And we talked <clears> about why, because the the Rockies were the ones who put the player option in his contract. And now he, they're shopping him out because Cronky, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't give a shit about the teams that he owns in Colorado <laughs> and, and won't spend any yeah. money except for on the stadium. And they're, they're going to get rid of um, – I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that the more that I watch him, probably one of the best third basemen of all time. I think he's in the conversation to be one of the best yep. third basemen of all time. And in Nolan Arenado, 100%. And the Rockies yep. are about to get rid of him. Um, and I, I can't think of a reason why that would make sense. But it's the I think it's partially the market, and I think it's partially – you know, the ownership and, and we're going to lose somebody like that. That could be so, so great for the franchise. I, I think, I think it's a, it's a bit of both. Uh, and I also think there's a third element in there. I think they're, they might be starting to embrace a rebuild. Unfortunately, sorry to say it for Rockies people, especially since I hope to come back to Colorado one day. Um, you know, I, I think they might be starting to embrace a rebuild and, you know, the, the Rockies made it to the playoffs that one that a couple years ago, it was a phenomenal run for them, for, given where they were and that they weren't even supposed to make it to the playoffs. They made it past the wild card game into the first round of the playoffs and got whooped by Milwaukee. Yeah. And after that, that just sent them. I mean, it's like they got punched into the ground. You know, I mean, like they just couldn't get back up. And uh, the next year was was pretty brutal for the Rockies. They, we kind of hoped, you know, we had said on the talk show, um, oh, you know, if this if there's a year that the Rockies need to do it, it's this year. Like they got to come back strong here after their playoff berth. And they didn't. And I think that upset a lot of people. And I think the Rockies said, you know what? Ownership management said, oh, you know what? We're going to just embrace the rebuild. We were close, but we weren't close enough. And we could just kind of touch the rim. But now we're too tired to, to do it again. We got to go back and, and, and start over. And so um, I think that might be the, the the reasoning behind getting rid of Nolan Arenado. But I think from a fan base point of view, you're looking at a lot of unhappy people. Uh, you know, just because Nolan Arenado is... Nolan Arenado is the Mike Trout of the Angels, you know, but the Mike Nolan Arenado is the face of the Rockies. Yeah, and uh, when you get rid of him, that's uh, you become a rebuild team. No fan likes to hear that, even if even though sometimes it's necessary. Not saying this is the case in this time, but sometimes it can be necessary. Uh, people are going to be upset regardless. Yeah, and um, I mean. We saw what happened when they let go of DJ. DJ goes to New oh, York. God, and he's an all-star on a tear. Everybody knew that he was that good when he was here. And DJ, Ottavino, yeah. It's not Girl. like they didn't have the money to pay DJ LeMahieu. I just don't think that they wanted to. They didn't think that they were going to lose out on that much. And I would argue when he was there with Story and Arenado, they had probably – And Freeman, yeah. Yeah, they had one of the, the best – 
Uh, they had the best middle infield. I think DJ LeMahieu and Trevor Story defensively were the best middle infield. They had the best third baseman in the National League at the time with Aaron Otto, and they had Desmond at first base, which I don't care about Desmond. Desmond's one of their mistakes and why the Rockies are never going to be where they want to be because they spend too much money on all-stars that are past their prime. But they they had one of the best infields of all time, and now they're going to lose the two biggest pieces of that, and Trevor Story's going to be the only one left, and they're going to run Trevor Story out of town too. Yeah, I know. It's how it's how it is, but you know, rebuilds hopefully end up. Unless you're the Cincinnati Bengals, rebounds hopefully or rebuilds hey. hopefully end up in uh, in success. Hey, we're, we <laughs> haven't started our rebuild yet. We're getting our franchise quarterback this year, and then we'll start it. Yeah, that's true. I know. You, you see, you got something to look forward to. You get you get to look forward to a depressed uh, a depressed quarterback who is just. Did <laughs> you see that picture of him when he got handed the Bengals helmet? No, I haven't seen the picture with him in the Bengals. Oh my gosh, he was so sad. It was uh, they. I don't remember what show he went on, but he went on a show and uh, they handed him the Bengals helmet, basically like this is your future. And he looked so sad. And maybe this is just Joe Burrow. Like maybe that's He's just probably his just look. hung over. I mean, probably. Well, this was before they. This was before they won the, the title. But oh. he was. He looked. This was after right after he won the Heisman. I think it was at their ceremony. Someone handed him the Bengals helmet and was like, "You won the Heisman. You're going to get first round, first pick. Here's here's the Bengals." And um, God, he looked so sad. It was the, it was, the, and then all of Twitter blew up because they were like, "This dude, like, was all pumped. He won the Heisman, and then this, you know, this anchor, this, uh, this broadcaster just ruined his life by handing him a Bengals helmet." So I'm, I'm glad you didn't. I'm sorry to have to bring that up to you, but the whole sports, sports world kind of came down on the Bengals there. Yeah, I mean, they, they have every reason to come down on the Bengals, but. <laughs> I, I wasn't necessarily sold on the fact that we should draft Joe Burrow as a Bengals fan just because they, there's Chase Young that's coming out in the draft too, and he could be really good. But from what I saw from Joe Burrow in the playoff, he he can play again behind this really crappy offensive line that the Bengals have. And, and he he's could, such a, yeah, and and and, and he's and he's. I would argue he's a better Baker Mayfield. You know, I mean, he's got the fans alongside of him. He, you know, he's, he's bigger. He's, he's more mature. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. He'll do probably less commercials, and you know, and and I think he'll he'll go out there, and I think he'll get it done. Um, I think the translation between coming a between being a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Marcus Mariota, um, you know, you even look at Mark Sanchez back in the day with with USC, and then translating that into being an, a successful NFL quarterback is hard for a lot of people. I think it's a different type. Of, it's a different type of playing that you get, and people don't aren't always prepared for that. And I think that's why you see a lot of you know quarterbacks who are super successful in college not having success in the pros i think joe burrow is set up to have success um i'm not going to say he's like tom brady in the sense that he can compare but i I see a lot of similar tendencies between him and someone like tom brady at a young age um just because you know he said he's he's mature he's big um he's smart he's got a high football iq Uh, he's got all the tools he needs from a fundamental standpoint you know he's got the full package and, uh, you know, if he can just kind of keep himself in line, which he's shown that he can do so far, um, I think he'll have a lot of success. So I, I, I think for the Bengals, that's a good start. I think that's a good start for, you know, starting to come back. Yeah, he sold me on, on being the Bengals quarterback. Uh, he was just on Pardon My Take. And um, <laughs> yeah, the day after the national championship, and they were all drunk when they were recording the podcast. And they were it's so funny. He, he was so drunk that he slept through his Golik and Wingo interview. And that, that was I retweeted the video of him walking through the, the tunnel with the cigar in his mouth. And I think I, it was like Gangster's Paradise or something playing in the background of the video. Yeah. I retweeted oh, yeah. it, and it, 
the the TO voice. That's my quarterback and put the crying emojis. He's he's got me. I'm definitely getting a Joe Burrow jersey when they draft him. But then now that I'm saying That's all a solid this, while well, while I'm saying all this, they're probably not going to draft him, and they're, they're probably going <laughs> to yeah. trade the first pick away because it's the Bengals. But uh, and then and then you can uh, and then you can add to that that that's my quarterback video you can add the video at the very end of draymond saying nope yeah probably it's uh <laughs> it's a rough life i'm not gonna lie to you 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 get it to is. see championships all the time you've seen a seahawks super bowl <laughs> you've seen like four giants world series because there was a stretch where they only won world series in even years but yeah oh my <laughs> yeah. I, and, and even the even the seahawks who should not be good anymore who should just be horrible have the best quarterback in the world that just happens to take his team on the, on his back and just run them at least in runs into the into the playoffs. Like I'll take that. They don't even have to make it to the Super Bowl. No one expected the Seahawks to make it to the playoffs, and here they are. They are here they were in the second round. You know, what I mean, like, yeah, that's just crazy to me. Yeah, I'm glad that you and I were on the same page with that because I said on the show the other day I think the Seahawks played over their head making oh, it to the playoffs. Sure. Russell Wilson played the the that playoff game, both playoff games. Russell Wilson was the guy, and that was it. Yeah. The, so the rest not... was just – I mean, injuries aside, I, I think even if everyone was healthy, it's it was Russell Wilson's playoffs. You, you're not upset about the spot? You don't think that that was the reason why the Seahawks lost the playoff game? No, no. I think I, – I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was upset but as a fan, but I think the Seahawks went way farther in the playoffs than they should have. Um, I think they, I think just with the young talent that they have, they've got a foundation for something that could la- that could be there later on, you know, DK Metcalf. Uh, I remember you doubted DK Metcalf when he came on with the Seahawks and he yep. way outplayed himself. Um, so they got good players, but I think they just as a whole don't have the full foundation um, currently. And I think that comes over time. And I, I was surprised that they made it, the way that they did to, to the playoffs. I, I'm surprised that they beat the teams they beat like San Francisco earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I'm happy. I was happy with them just getting there, you know, for them to get the chance to play for me to wake up uh, on uh, you know, on the, the wild card weekend and, and same with the first round, I was happy to just be able to watch the Seahawks and I didn't even care that they lost. I mean, I cared, but like I got to watch Seahawks in the playoffs again, like that for, for another year. And, yeah. and that to me is cool. So go, go ahead and twist the knife a little bit more. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, like that's exactly why. You know, like my team could be last place, and we could, you know, hate the the, the team and the the rebuild or whatever. But they're in the playoffs, so I'll take it. Yeah, uh, we're we're we'll stick in the NFL. We also wanted to talk about uh, um, Odell Beckham and yeah, some that guy. the the alleged uh, the, the alleged ass slap that is going to get alleged, in. dude. You. <laughs> alleged that's what no i I was reading when i was we were talking about it on the show yesterday i was reading the nbc news article oh damn like come on it was like uh odell beckham has an arrest warrant out for him in the state of louisiana for allegedly slapping a officer on the backside and and that's how it was written so that's why i I wanted to say it was uh, allegedly (laughs) i was gonna gonna say allegedly you're you're blind because that was yeah it was very it was a blatant slap of the ass no he didn't do anything allegedly that night he was so drunk i think that he would have he, he could have killed somebody and probably would have filmed it and put it up on his social media. It's like, yeah, oh, crazy yeah. night, he, he crazy was, weekend. Yeah, he was not in a good place. No, and it's just this entire thing, and this is what scares me about moving towards this dead period in sports because there's no way, and there's no reason this should be a story. I mean, yeah. the, there should not be a charges pressed against him. If you no, don't no. like getting your ass slapped that much, just turn around and beat the crap out of the guy. 
I, I get that you're a police <laughs> I mean, officer. He's drunk yeah. and disorderly. You have a reason. He, you felt threatened. He hit you. It's self-defense at that point. But yeah. this well, shouldn't and, be and a yeah, story. And you made a point. You made a point, too. It is drunk and disorderly. I mean, you look at videos and other videos since since that one came out. Other videos have come up of Odell Beckham um, just being an idiot that day. And, like, you see that, that video that LSU put out where Ed Orgeron it was given, you know, the hype, the, yeah. the, the basically the, like, final speech of, like, you know, you guys. This is going to culminate so them being one of the best college football teams of all time. But Odell and, had and, to be in it. And Odell is in the corner. And just like, this is for you. This is you. Y'all did this. And I'm like, dude, Hold come on. on. Are all the cameras up. watching? Are all the cameras looking at yeah, me? Yeah, literally. I know. And I'm like, dude, you are you don't even play here. Like, come yeah, on. He didn't do shit when he did play there. And, and be be excited as a regular alumni. You know, like if Western football went, if I was living in Denver and Western football made it to the RMAC championship against Mines and played at Mines, you know, I, you sure as hell I'd be there. And I'd be like pumped as ever and i would be you know like getting excited to to go listen to the you know whoever's broadcasting for quizby at the time or you know if harv and steve are still doing it like i'd be pumped but i'd watch it as a fan you know i was a part of the broadcasting for western for four years and i wouldn't go stand in the broadcasting booth you know yelling in the background like come on you'd like enjoy it as a fan you that's what you are you don't you have nothing to do with lsu anymore lsu doesn't give a shit about you (laughs) like come on nobody gives a shit about you anymore because the the way that you played it, and the the way that he's acting, the way that he played, I thought that the Giants were dumb getting rid of their best receiver for bringing in a new rookie quarterback. They probably did the best yeah. thing that they could have. And yeah. This entire thing, I don't, I don't, I want to know, I want to be able to get inside his head once where he thought that was a good idea. Bringing in the money, tossing out the money. Um, they said, yeah. oh did, my you, God. did you see the report of him giving every player before the championship beats? which I don't know how he – he apparently they cleared that with the NCAA, but I don't know how that was cleared with the NCAA because that's a obvious rules violation. It's a very, very obvious. Yeah, so, so I, so I uh, attend Gonzaga here, which is in, in Spokane, Washington, and Gonzaga right now is ranked number one in the world for men's college basketball. So it's huge. And I mean, I'm going to the BYU game tonight. Like it's a, it's an insane atmosphere here for basketball, especially because there's nothing else in Spokane. Like there's like Washington state's like an hour away, but that's about it. So Gonzaga is everything. And there is, I can't tell you how many signs every year, every stall in the bathroom, every urinal, every announcement they make is talking about NCAA policies and like reminding fans and, and, and alumni and, and everyone to not give the players anything that, you yeah. know, the signs are like, um, you know, how to abide by our policies and like, don't give out gifts. Don't, you know, even offer like rides and like, you know I mean? Just crazy stuff no. because that's what the, the NCAA will jump on top of that. Yeah. And, and it could, it could jeopardize the entire program. And so well, I'm you like, were at Western, just you were at Western when there was the NCAA violation here. I don't know if you remember that because it was your freshman year, but um, the, the we had to play. It was the year before I got here, so it would have been your freshman year. They were going to play yes. Northern Colorado up in Greeley, and uh, the, there was a report that came out that the athletes were receiving um, lower lower rates for rent in the Mountaineer Village apartments, and we had to play without nine of our starters. They were all oh senior leaders. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah, and it was the Mountaineer Village landlord that was giving the athletes – a discount on their rent or maybe not letting them not making them pay it at all and that we had to play without nine of our guys so it's not like 
What? I don't think Dude, people... I've never heard of that. Oh my goodness. I, don't I, think... I live there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people understand. <laughs> I don't think people understand that there's literally nothing you can do for these guys. There you cannot yeah. accidentally if they if you drop a yeah, five dollar bill a drink. and yeah. they pick it up. They have to give it back to you, otherwise they will be caught caught with an NCAA rules violation. Yeah, you can't go buy them a drink at a bar. You know, yeah, I know, I know. Let alone <laughs> buying them all four hundred dollar pair of headphones before oh, yeah, and the giving them cold game. hard cash. Yeah, I, that that's obvious. I I, I, I think <laughs> what I I thought that they were fake. I thought that they were fake bills. Like he put his face on them and LSU something, but I'm not sure. Which if would were, be stupid. Yeah, it's dumb anyways. Like, regardless. If it's real, at least he's like, you know, at least you can play the t- the card of like, well, I'm just trying to help these guys out, which is dumb. But like, better than giving them fake money and still causing issues. Joe Burrow did go on Pardon My Take, though, and, and say that they were real. Yeah, and he said that he, he, he was making the joke that he did take them, but and it, it wouldn't have mattered because he already graduated. He's not yeah. no longer a student athlete, but... Uh, Which is what I thought originally. I thought that he, I thought that Odell was just going to the people who had graduated and giving them the money. But it turns out he was giving it to just random guys. He was just making it rain. He, he thought he was yeah. in a strip club in the locker room. Yeah, just that's horrible, man. That's yeah, horrible. But also the cops were being super obnoxious, and I saw that. Yeah, the the cigars. I mean, unless they told them beforehand, and I said this on the show yesterday, unless they told them beforehand that you can't smoke your cigars in the locker room, they were being so obtuse about everything and. They were just being, I think they're just being assholes to be assholes, which is yeah. dumb because your state school just won the national championship in the state that they play for. It's, yeah. uh, there's a whole thing. And then, um, to stick, stick with dumb receivers, dumb diva receivers, uh, <laughs> you, you brought up the Stephen A. Smith, Antonio Brown controversy. I, I've heard other controversies about Antonio Brown, mainly because I listened to Logan Paul's podcast and he wants to have a boxing match with Antonio Brown. What's Stephen A. What's Stephen A. done now? What's he doing now that that we're getting him back into into the news with uh, Antonio Brown? Well, I mean, it's not something specific. They, oh, a- Antonio Brown just tweeted at Stephen. So Stephen A. I, I believe I believe it had to. Be, I don't know if you saw the video of um, Antonio Brown where he was yelling at the police officers as they were taking his kids oh, away. Oh yeah, when he threw the the bag of dicks at the police officers because did he really? He, oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he had <laughs> some bag of gummy gummy dicks or something that he threw at the police officers. <laughs> <laughs> nice i i did not i didn't even notice that i watched like half of the video but yeah he was yeah the police were coming and taking his wife and or his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or whatever i don't know who she was Baby obviously I think, the, I think the mother yeah i think the mother of his children um taking her and his kids away and he was just yelling at the cops and he and what he was saying was just horrible and i mean just horrible and i think steven steven a said basically brought up the point of like dude you shouldn't be talking like that in front of your kids like beyond what you beyond who you are as a person like you shouldn't be talking about that like that in front of your kids um because i mean he was saying some pretty messed up stuff and uh and i think then he went and just kind of lashed out at steven i don't think there was a necessarily like a um i don't think steven a kind of responded or anything like that it was just kind of the idea that antonio brown is still in the spotlight there's still issues with him um you know, and like you mentioned, specifically Logan Paul, you know, wanting to fight Logan Paul, who would, in my opinion, get his ass completely kicked. No offense. But I mean, Antonio Brown's still a freak. Um, and so I just yeah, there's just Antonio Brown is on a different level from Odell Beckham. But I think I see a lot of similarities between these just two, you know, egotistic kind of hotheads yeah. that had a lot of fame 
and and were and and are and were phenomenal athletes and had a lot going for them and just almost in a sense from Antonio Brown's side threw it all away a hundred percent threw it all away. I mean, you saw Antonio Brown go from one of the best receivers, one of the highest paid receivers in all of football, to jumping between like three different teams within the course of you know six months and eventually being completely let go without pay losing his contract, losing all of his money from the NFL. Um, just a, and unfortunate a for someone. To, yeah. Just unfortunate for someone who, you know, ha- just gave it all away. Just be, just, just because, you know, just because I, it's, he was just, he's just weird. You know, like he's just, yeah. it's like one of those things that like, I'm bored and I'm going to go and like, just be stupid today. You know, like you wake up and you're like, I'm just going to go like mess with people. Like that's kind of just how it looked from the outside. Yeah, I think that's exactly probably what it was. Um, do you think that he should fight Logan Paul? I think that at this point he needs to prove that he can recommit himself to something. And <laughs> it, it, it's a dumb like it's a dumb internet fight with the YouTube celebrity, but it would be a big m- amount of money for him. Like you said, he missed out on his entire salary from last season. Um, it, it would be something that he can possibly turn the image of himself around. I mean, that's what yeah. happened with Logan Paul. Logan Paul took the started boxing right after he got back from uh, the Japan thing when he did the video in the Suicide Forest, and now he's a little bit more respectable. I think this. Do you think that this could be something Antonio Brown is actually interested in doing and help him? Um, I think it's all talk. I don't think he will. Um, I I, I don't think it. I, I think it could be interesting. But I think the minute he steps steps into the ring to box someone, his because he keeps saying, "Well, I'm going to come back to the NFL. I'm coming back. I'm coming back." Even though his agent just uh, parted ways with him, um, I think the, the minute he steps into the ring, he's he is that's it. You know, he's done for good. Whether it's be the XFL, whether it be some independent league, whether it be anything else professionally that he thinks or wants to potentially come back to in football, that's it. Um, if he's okay with that, which he might be, because like I said, his agent just left him. I don't think he's going to get any offers, you know, from the NFL. Who knows? But I don't think so. Uh, he'd have to turn his life around in a lot of ways before that started happening. Um, I, I think there's no reason he shouldn't do it. I just don't think he will. I just think I think he's just not going to do it. I don't. I don't see why he why he needs to. And I also think he would kind of. I don't. I think Logan Paul would would get the worst end of that fight. And so uh, I I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, I I'd probably watch it. I mean, it sounds. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I At least it. I know the guy this time. I'm not a big YouTuber, and I know Logan Paul just fe- fought. Was it K? KSI. Was it yeah. KSI? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I followed it, I guess, on Snapchat a little bit, but I was not interested just because I don't know the guys. You know, I mean, right. I know who Logan Paul is, but I don't know who KSI is, and um, from a YouTube standpoint. And and so, if it was Logan Paul versus Antonio Brown, that would give me a little more interest since I know who Antonio Brown is. But I still think Antonio would beat him in that case. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about and. Uh, it's probably not going to happen because Antonio Brown wants more money than what he's probably worth. So I think that's the way of him being able to get out of it is, well, they don't want to pay me. So then now I don't have to do it. Now I can refocus myself on football. Um, yeah. If he goes to the XFL, whoever gets him is going to be uh, unbeatable because I don't think there's going to be a defensive back that can cover him. Um, I hope it's not the Dragons. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> the Seattle Dragons. Yeah, the Dragons are my least favorite XFL team, and it's nothing to do with Washington. I guess I kind of have some sort of rivalry rivalry with the state of Washington for whatever reason, just because they're similar Bronco to Colorado. Broncos Seahawks, yeah. yeah. Well, Broncos Seahawks, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, There's a bit of a distaste there. Uh, and uh, I'm a Los Angeles Wildcats fan for 
the XFL because that's the closest I can get to the Bengals colors in the XFL. Just uh, <laughs> there you go. I like it. You're going colors. I like it. But uh, we'll stick with uh, the fight talk a little bit. Um, we're recording this the morning before Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone fight. This will come out afterwards. So uh, you'll either look like a, a genius in, in Nostradamus if you pick the winner of the fight right. Um, we we both kind of went the wrong way when we were talking about the World Series um, last time we talked. But uh, you, you're a UFC fan, right? You, you enjoy watching I it? Yeah. I enjoy watching it. I, I would not consider myself an expert. I don't watch all of the fights, you know, like all the time, but... Um, I do enjoy watching UFC and especially big nights like tonight, you know, uh, it, it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. So Conor McGregor's coming back fighting a guy like Cowboy. Cowboy is one of my favorite guys. He's from Colorado, but he's just a wild dude and, and does what he wants. And that's pretty in- intriguing for me. It's crazy to see a guy who can do whatever he feels like doing and still be a, um, world championship fighter. And, and I think yeah. that's impressive of, of him. But a lot of people aren't giving him a lot of chance to win this fight. I think that's wrong. I think that um, 100%. if you have a guy like Cowboy who holds the record for most wins and most finishes in the UFC, you never can count him out fully of a fight. Um, what What are you expecting? Are you going to watch the fight? Are you going to buy the pay-per-view? Um, I, I might. I, I don't know. It depends on... You know, because I, I am going to the the Gonzaga game tonight, right. so um, I I don't think I'm going to be able to, but I'll, I'll definitely be keeping up on it on Twitter and stuff. Um, my my take on this fight is it depends on how it's fought. I, and I saw an interview with uh, Cowboy where he was basically talking about like his style of fighting. Um, and my opinion is, if he tries to go punch for punch with um, McGregor, he's going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. If he gets into wrestling with McGregor and in, in, in an avenue that I think McGregor's shown that he has a weakness in and Cowboy has an extreme strength in, I think that's where he's got more chance. Now, he did say in an interview that, that why wrestle McGregor if he if he knows he's the better wrestler? Why wrestle him? Why doesn't he, you know, he's like, I'm just going to try to punch out McGregor because no one thinks I can do that. Yeah, you know, and to kind of people wrong. Yeah, and it's a competitor side, but I, I think there's a value in, in, in the argument against trying to, to punch out McGregor. But McGregor is punched out the best punchers in the world the best fighters in the world you know the best hitters in the world and there's a reason mcgregor is who he is and it's because he's the best hitter in the world i understand there's an ego and there's a a competitiveness that you know you want to take take that away from him but i think just for who cowboy is he he might try that that strategy for a little bit and after he gets walloped a couple times i think he might uh he might change tactics because i think cowboys got him if he goes to the ground and can get him you know from uh kind of get a solid foundation on the ground but if he sticks with him just kind of punch for punch it might be a lot harder for him yeah um there's different ways I think that Cowboy can win. Cowboy has a great jiu-jitsu game. You talked about him being better than Connor on the ground, and Connor's been submitted, and we saw what Khabib did to him when he was wrestling yep. him. I think if Cowboy comes out, he should have the same exact game plan that Nate Diaz had in the first fight against Connor McGregor, 100%. where he comes out, boxes, keeps him on the end of his punches because McGregor doesn't have that great of a chin. Cowboy can hit pretty good. Um, and then if Connor does try – Connor tried to take down Nate Diaz in that fight. A lot of people forget that. Connor got rocked and tried to take down Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is a black belt on the ground, and he was able to finish it on the ground. Um, if 
And Cowboy has the thing where even if Cowboy gets rocked and he ends up on his back, he has the chance to catch Connor in something off of his back because he's so good at jujitsu. There's just Connor has a, a couple ways that he can win this fight. He can knock him out, like we've seen in spectacular fashion. I think he can outpoint him for five rounds and maybe win a decision. Cowboy can knock Connor out because he has crazy kickboxing skills. He can submit him on the ground, or um, if he does, Nate Diaz is game plan he can he can be, win by decision too so it's a, a lot better fight than people are giving it credit for no i agree i agree and it's got two big names and you know conor mcgregor coming back and i think and i think the the fact that conor and and uh cowboy have both kind of stepped away from i guess conor's normal fight tactic pre-fight tactics where you know get in their head you know just a bunch of trash talk it's been relatively mature yeah from both sides I like that. You know, they come into it saying, you know, we have mutual respect for each other. We're both equally the best in our own realms. And we're just out here battling to to kind of, you know, for our own personal sake. And, and that's cool, you know, because that that's, it, it's, I don't get me wrong. I like a crazy fight where guys are pissed off and, and whatnot. But I think it's cool when you get two guys who respect each other's power and respect each other's ability and can come in and just go all out, um, you know, to see who's get, who's the best of the two. I think that that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be a great fight. Um, I'm probably not going to buy the pay per view. I'm going to be broadcasting Western basketball. Then I'm going to be on duty tonight. But I'll def- I'll be like you and keep up with it on Twitter. Um, yeah. And maybe uh, maybe I'll get my co-host Rev's ESPN Plus login because I know that he'll be buying the fight and watching it. Um, if you want to talk about an MMA expert, we we brought in an MMA expert to Gunnison Sports Talk Radio this year. He's been there. You go. He's been keeping everybody up to date on uh, the boxing and UFC that stuff that's been happening. Um, now we're, I'm gonna. We talked about Pac-12 football the last time, and, and when we talked, it was basically between Utah and Oregon. We're gonna be the two possible representatives for the Pac-12 in the college football playoff. Um, they're both playing great defense at the time. They were both on a huge winning streak after, you know, Oregon lost in the first week to Auburn on the last second play. And then um, Utah was having a great season. They had one minor slip up too, uh, but they, they were both playing really well. And since you live in Washington, there's ob- obviously you're in Pac-12 country with of course UW, Washington State, and um, – yeah, and my whole family went to Cal too. So, yeah. and so on that side, I, you know, we got Stanford and yeah, it's, yeah, it's a Pac 12 country that I live in over here. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, if you followed me on Twitter, you know that I was super pissed off about how Oregon ended up losing to Arizona State because they didn't even show up. And then they, they basically, blew up the entire postseason for the Pac-12. We th- we thought there was two possibilities of a Pac-12 team making the playoff, and then mm-hmm. it ended up being they beat each other up to the point nobody got a shot to go to the playoff. Um, I'll start just by asking you, what did, what did you think of Herbert and, and the fact that he was, before the season, going to be the number one quarterback taken? Um, and, and now where do you think that he, he played himself into, um, having lost a couple bad games to inferior teams and then, um, not necessarily looking the best in those losses either. Well, my my take from just from from Herbert this season is he's still really young. Um, I think that's the best way of putting it. I I I don't even I don't even think I'm experienced enough to predict where he's going to go in the the draft now. Um, but I just from from just watching him and kind of breaking down his play from just a, a viewer standpoint, he just seemed young, inconsistent immature at times some of the decisions he made um you know we talk about 
who's the Heisman Trophy winner? Joe Burrow. Who won the cha- the national championship? Joe Burrow as a quarterback. Who's going to go first overall? Joe Burrow. And we look at the differences between Joe Burrow and, and Herbert. The consistency is there for Burrow. You know, you've got the the, the foundation. I mean, the guy is clean. The guy is put together. Yeah. He doesn't make yeah. dumb mistakes. Herbert does, um, and we've seen that. And I don't, and I think don't get me wrong, Herbert's Herbert can be like a you know, a better Daniel Jones in, in the NFL. Like, I mean, I think there's definitely room for him in the NFL. Uh, and he's don't, and he's a phenomenal quarterback. I just, I just think he showed that he's still human, that he's still a young kid that's still trying to figure out, you know, the ins and outs of the game. And, uh, and that doesn't turn, that doesn't turn me off from him. I don't think that that, that makes, you know, him where people are like, Oh, well now we don't want him or, you know, I mean, he's still a phenomenal quarterback, but, I just think, yeah, there's there's a lot more thought that has to go into it now, and I think a team will, will be happy to take him, uh, you know, depending on when he's taken, but I just don't think that he is now the guy, the main um, pick for a quarterback. Uh, you know, even without Burrow, I think that there, that he's just, uh, um, he showed some some inconsistencies, and that was my biggest takeaway from him this year. Yeah, he definitely had a lot of different things go wrong. He basically, everything that could have ruined his, his draft stock did um Mariota got benched for a guy in Ryan Tannehill who couldn't win in in Miami and now he's not even playing yep. in the that team is in the conference championship Mariota barely plays anymore and he's the he was supposed to be the best next next best quarterback coming out of Oregon yep so that, exactly yep. that sucks for Herbert Herbert also has more experience playing he, Herbert's played for he started for four years at Oregon he's played in a lot of football games and he's still making these dumb mistakes not reading defenses correctly Joe Burrow's only played you know, two seasons as a starter. He he has yeah. half the amount of experience playing that Herbert does, yet he plays like a much more polished guy, like a guy who's been playing for a lot longer than Herbert has. Um, yeah. Pac-12, I don't know. I, I, I know you love Pac-12 football, and I thought that the Pac-12 had a chance to maybe make some noise in the playoff this year, but honestly, there's arguments going around that the Pac-12 shouldn't be a Power 5 conference anymore, and I'm starting to lean that way with just the way everything ended up. And then you saw how Utah just got mollywopped in their bowl game against Texas, who wasn't... <laughs> yeah. Texas wasn't a good team this year. I mean, they had good players. They have Sam Ellinger, who's a good quarterback, but uh, the Pac-12 didn't make a good case for themselves towards the end of the season. No, but I, I think all it takes is just one good season to, to turn that that um, theory around, uh, to turn that kind of conversation around. Uh, you know, I think the Pac-12 goes up and down. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, we had UW that was almost making a run for the national championship. Um, we had Colorado that was up there as well a couple years ago, CU. Um, yeah. You know, I think there are good moments in the Pac-12. I just think um, this year was not one of them. You know, there was inconsistencies everywhere. You know, Colorado got absolutely destroyed by Washington state. And then I believe they went on to beat UW and then UW beat Washington state. And it was just like this weird circle. You talk about Utah and Oregon kind of beating up on each other and um, Oregon having taken a loss, a weird loss, Utah having taken a weird loss. Like the PAC 12 was just a mess this year. And I think it tainted a lot of the people's, you know, that put a bad taste in people's mouth for the PAC 12, just because it was just a weird year. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think, you know, come next year, come the year after that, maybe, you know, it just takes one good year, one really good Pac-12 team to stick around. And uh, I think I think it turns the conversation around. One of the teams that is, is going to have a whole bunch of question marks going into next season. And I know you and, and Marissa follow this because she posts a lot about um, Washington State, even though they're not yep. super close to you guys. Mike Leach. Um, 
was it, it expected before he left that he was going to go take another job somewhere else besides nope. stay in Pullman? No. So he actually, so yeah, so Marissa is one of the reporters for, I mean, she, cause she works for SWX, um, which is NBC news here in Spokane and they cover, uh, the, 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 the Cougs, uh, the Cougs and, and the, the Zags are their two main colleges that they cover. And so, um, she goes up to Pullman almost every other day, uh, for press conferences and stuff. And Mike Leach had just signed a new contract, uh, for, an extension. Uh, basically, he he signed another contract, and the contract stated that he could leave if he wanted to, um, but he had signed another multi million dollar you know five year contract. And so, before the bowl game, right after that big Apple Cup loss where people were doubting him, he he got Pat Chun, the the athletic director for Washington State, signed him on a new contract, and people were like, "All right, well, Mike Leach is sticking around." And there was controversy, and he kind of snapped at one of the reporters in a press conference. I don't know if you saw that, where he just like absolutely demolished a reporter. I can in, never uh, take. I can never figure out if he's serious or or joking in a press conference. Good on oh, Marissa he, for being able to to try and decipher what he's saying, but <laughs> he yeah, he leaves me in circles. No, a hundred percent, and. Uh, and the, yeah, there was a there was a reporter actually for the Spokesman's Review, which is the newspaper here in town. And I guess this 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 writer, uh, this columnist, kind of bashes Mike Leach all the time. And Mike Leach just went off on him when he asked a certain question. And from that point on, I think a lot of people saw that Mike Leach had a bit of a bad taste in his mouth for Washington State and wanted to move forward. And so the news did come out of nowhere. It was it was a surprise, but I think some people were starting to realize that he wasn't. Um, he was kind of drifting away. Um, but I will say, you know, when, when the news came up that morning, Marissa, I don't think she even had work that day. Um, and it, it happened in the morning. We woke up at like seven thirty or eight o'clock to do something. And, um, she gets a text saying, you know, sources have confirmed Mike Leach has taken a job at Mississippi and Mississippi state. And she immediately jumps on the computer and spent the whole rest of the morning sending out tweets and, and putting together content and writing stories for the website and stuff. So it was a big deal. Um, definitely, definitely noteworthy here in Washington state. And now Nick Rolovich was hired, uh, the Hawaii coach head coach for Hawaii was now mm-hmm. hired to be the new head coach for Washington state. A lot of people are excited. Um, I think Washington state is a very tight knit school. I think, you know, it's, it's a lot of people don't realize that because, you know, you think, Oh, well, Washington state's out in the middle of nowhere and, and they're, and no one really pays that much attention to them, but it's a very tight knit school. People are very proud. Uh, People that go here are overly proud in a sense of Washington state where it's just this, it's this legacy that, you know, Oh, you went to Washington state or your family went to Washington state. Generations have gone to WSU. You guys are all Cougs. You know I mean? I, I grew up in Seattle where, half of the people I went to school with all went off to Washington state Mm -hmm. and their parents had gone off to Washington state. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of people are excited and a lot of people trust the athletic department at Washington state and are excited about this new hire for Nick Rolovich. Um, it'll change the way Washington state plays football. And I don't know if it's going to make them a a competitor for the PAC 12 next year. Um, but you're going to go from the air raid to being a little bit more even on, on both sides, offensively and defensively, there'll be a little bit more running, um, that will be done. Uh, so yeah, it depends. It depends. But, um, I think people are, they got their hopes up for what's going to happen here in, in Pullman. I think that it, it could be good because, uh, and he, he, the guy that I'm talking about made a really funny tweet, Max Borgie, who we talked yep. about is a Colorado mm-hmm. guy, went to Pomona high school, 
Um, actually, I actually played against him when he was a freshman. I was a senior. I, I was a senior or junior when uh, he was a freshman at Pomona, and he he put out a tweet saying that he's going to be running a lot more. And I think he had the gif of Shaq like doing the shimmy mm-hmm. after he did the gold bunts. No, right? Mike 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 Leach actually put that tweet out, or Mike Leach actually posted that gif, and uh, and Max Borgie like quote tweeted it and basically said mood when I realized that I'm going to be there's that I'm going to be running more basically like bashing Mike Leach to his face. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. I, I saw that too. That was like, wow, he's, that was a bold move on your, on his ex coach at that point. Yeah, no, I hope we get a Mississippi state Washington state matchup now just to see how, <laughs> just to see that. Yeah. Cause I want, I want to see the team that Mike Leach basically put together, which is what we're going to get next season in Washington state. And I yep. want to see, uh, I'm intrigued. Because, like you said, Mike Leach doesn't run the ball. Mike Leach, I don't think, has maybe more than four running plays in his entire offensive playbook, and he's yeah. one of the offensive masterminds of college football. Basically yeah. passes it on every play. I want to see if that works in the SEC when he's going to be getting better athletes at Mississippi State. They're not going to be the best athletes that he can that he can necessarily get in that region because there's a ton of competition in recruiting-wise. But he's going to have better athletes than he did at Washington State. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no offense to the the players that that go to Washington State. It's no, it's a hundred percent though. A Division yeah. One school that that does play high level college football, uh, but they do that. They have that quarterback too. I, I can't remember his name, but you were talking about him the last time we talked, and he did have a a really good season. Now his numbers are going to be different with the offense, but if they can all figure it out, and if this is going to be something that the team is set up to do, uh, I think it could be a good thing for Washington State and. We'll see what happens with Mississippi State, but um, they're going to have. There's going to be a lot of different intriguing storylines coming through college football next season. Most definitely, yeah. Anthony Gordon's going to have to. He's the quarterback for Washington State. He's going to. He's going to have his game plan changed a little bit. But like you said, Max Moore, he's going to get a little more, more, you know, chances with the football, and I think it's a good thing all around. Uh, people are happy, and and Mike Leach served his time. He, he did good stuff for Washington State. Brought them to a bowl game seven years in a row. Um, you know, people fell in love with him. He became a, a successful face, you know, a, a personality in college football that people liked and enjoyed. Um, and I think his time had come. I think, like I said, when he snapped at that reporter, not that that was it, but I think he kind of showed that, you know what, the community's starting to kind of falter after that Apple Cup loss. Um, you know, the he was starting to falter. It was time for him to move on. He created a good foundation, or at least started a good foundation that I think Nick Rolovich, depending on who he is as a coach and how he moves forward, there's a lot of, you know, we just don't really know how he's going to handle Washington State as a program. Um, it's a bigger program than, than Hawaii, obviously, with a lot more talented guys. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but I think, you know, it's it, it's good to be optimistic. I think it's easy to, to sit back and say, all right, well, you know, there's a good chance that this could be successful, and I think that's exciting to people here. Um in a place where people are very protective of Washington state. It's a, like I said, it's like a very family, like kind of, you know, just proud or uh, community out here that people are very proud of, of their Gonzaga Bulldogs and their Washington state Cougars. Yeah. It's going to be a, a good thing for, I think Washington state moving forward. Um, we're, we're wrapping up a little bit here. There's a couple more things that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, have you been keeping up on Western basketball at all? I know that was one of your favorite sports to broadcast because uh, 
It's obviously <laughs> the the bulk of our broadcasting schedule here yeah. at KWSB. And uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the women's team at all, but Coach Wessling deserves a, a huge award, huge props to her. Um, we're actually going to get her for an interview on Gunnison Sports Talk Radio. I, I just started putting out emails to head coaches nice. yesterday uh, yeah, around campus and trying to get some more content and more people involved in the sports um sports world for our listeners and yeah she, she's no that's been, awesome she's been a, a hell of a improvement for that team and i mean you and i were i wasn't broadcasting women's games but i would show up to get ready for the men's games that was when uh uh who's marissa the, was doing it no no uh the volleyball player um oh hannah yeah hannah you and hannah were doing women's basketball i was helping you yeah. out with the men's teams and we were basically seeing the women's team get boat raced every single night they were never <laughs> yeah. competitive i don't Poor Hannah, she didn't get to call a single win. The and the one time there was one home win, that and I year. was the one that did that. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, you she did was it. sick. I I ended up filling in for her, and and yeah, that was the only win that the women's <laughs> team had all season that year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was brutal. But yeah, no, I I heard great things, and I heard that they turned it around. And obviously, last year was a start because you know last year they they were competing for for that RMAC playoff spot. You know, they were to, to, they were hoping to host mm-hmm. the RMAC playoffs and, and fell out of that just a little bit, but they still made it to playoffs and, um, you know, obviously didn't get as far as they wanted, but it, I think it showed that they have potential and, you know, I haven't been able to follow too much. I've listened to a couple of your broadcasts just to, to hear, but I haven't been able to pay too much attention to standings and, you know, overall records, but I've heard the, uh, from what I've seen, I've only seen positive stuff from the women's side. So, um, yeah, that's exciting. It's, it's good to have, um, you know, it makes it so much more enjoyable because don't get me wrong. I've had some good seasons with I had some good seasons with Western where, you know, like the, the last one of, of Austin Eckler's football career where, you know, everything was going well and home home wins were good. And, you know, or that that season, that same season with with men's basketball, where we won almost every game at home. Yeah. But there's also been some years, man, where the no team seems to be winning anything. And it's just long, long broadcast. So it's it's nice that you get that you get some some good wins there. And I hope it continues through the rest of the year. Yeah, last night uh, for the women's game, it was basically a playoff type atmosphere. Both teams were they were tied for third in the conference, and uh, yeah. basically whoever won that was going to secure that spot and show that they can win in a, a big time game. So Western was able to come away with a, a pretty big victory. The mar- the score was worse than the game actually was. It was really close for a while, but uh, Fort Lewis came in and they got the victory last night on the women's side. But the men's team. They are better than they were last year, which isn't tough to do because a uh, 21-game <laughs> losing streak is tough to replicate. Um, yeah. And Coach Schaefer actually, for as much as we thought Coach Schaefer hated us after last season when we kind of badmouthed him on the broadcast for cutting half the team, most well, of his we best really players. Well, we really badmouthed him. We, just, we, just, we were just, uh, I think, I think – a little bummed about the way the season had turned out as he was as well. Yeah. And, uh, he, he agreed to come on and do an interview with, uh, us as well. So that'll be, wow, that's big. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to get a response from him. I thought I, I figured I'd emailed him, email him anyways. And he said yesterday that he would like to do it. So we'll get him on and that'll be an interesting interview just because of the dynamic (laughs) that he and I have. Um, yeah, there you go. That's good, though. That's good, man. That's good. Good. Uh, good journalism. Good. Good work. That's that'll be fun. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, uh, I'll let you know the the episode that it's going to be on. I'm also going to put just the interview because I've been putting the the full recordings of the shows up on our SoundCloud page that that I started this year, and I'll put up just the interview separate as well, so that people can go back and listen to that. But 
the men's team still struggling a little bit, not as successful as they could be, but they're not nearly as bad as they were last year. I don't know if you saw last week um, Monroe was actually the defensive player of the week. Yeah, for the 21 conference. rebounds, right? 20. 20 rebounds. 20. He's one away from 21 the was the record. Yeah 20, yeah, 20 was one away from the all-time record. Man, that's that's exciting though. That's good for him. You know, we we always knew. I I told I showed Marissa that too when it happened, and she was like, you know, Monroe was always just outstanding on defense, and it, it, he was fun to watch. Yeah, he's he was out rebounding six foot nine guys last night. He had another ten re, ten plus rebound game last night, so he's playing really well in his last season. Uh, Bongo's pretty happy. Uh, I know you missed. Seeing <laughs> yeah, Bongo I'm, sure, I'm sure I forgot about Bongo. Uh, he actually, um, I I got. Anna was uh, broadcasting or engineering the games last weekend, and I got her to laugh out loud almost over the the radio just because I was talking about Bongo and how the one loose ball went to him, and he basically got the entire crowd going um, in a couple big wins for Mountaineers That's last so weekend. But it, I mean, we miss I miss having you out there because I, I enjoyed our dynamic that we had on the broadcast, and my voice misses not being the color guy anymore. Play <laughs> yeah, yeah. by play with four games in a weekend, and yep, we'll see it gets how long. Goes goes after doing this podcast we're almost at an hour and 45 minutes and so it's a lot of talking so yes it is yeah it's if you get it you you forget how like how much it is because i remember i did the my last football game i ever did brady was getting ready for the basketball game so i could because he was my color for the last year yeah and uh and so i couldn't do i had to do the football game by myself and you guys decided to like play horribly Hey, we were playing against Cecil Pueblo, who went to the second round of the playoffs. Okay, yeah. So, so that's fair. It's that's an understandable. I I was like, I don't remember. I don't even remember who you played, but um, God, that was the. I remember like halfway through the game, halftime comes around, and I'm like, dude, I am done. Like this out here at Gunnison. Um, that's basically the best thing about today. Uh, and you know, it was it was the the one broadcast I always go back to and I'm sure you remember it too was last year against Mines the men's team when they got beat by 50 points and the uh, Mines had a kid that was 10 of 11 finished 10 of 11 <laughs> from three point range yeah he had like just 30 like, points I, yeah. I, I'm not even upset that that's just insane yeah, that he was like, able to like, do I'm, that I'm I'm like yeah I'm not even gonna root for my side anymore like this I, I'm all in for this guy like this dude just needs to keep it in threes because that's the only exciting part of this game yeah so they're broadcasting uh I'm, I'm glad you're still doing some stuff I listened to you to the high school playoff game that you did um and I thought that you're doing you you you're doing really well and you say that you don't know football all that much but I I didn't you couldn't tell if you were listening to the broadcast so I'm I'm happy that's, that you're still doing it Thank you. Yeah, no, that's the idea of it. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know football to an extent, but you know, I mean, you've worked with me for a while. You know the limit of my football knowledge, and it goes basically all the way up to having not played. And that's just that's just the issue. And so I, you know, the cool thing, though, about taking the next step in broadcasting at a higher level is the people I work with are ex-NFL or ex-college, like Division One college football players. Mm-hmm. And so the color guys that I get are just solid. You know, my first guy got um, Paul Sorensen, who actually is going to be doing a broadcast with me on ESPN coming up here in a couple weeks, uh, actually next week uh, for basketball. He played, uh, he's in the he's in the College Football Hall of Fame for Washington State as, I believe, a wide receiver or defensive end. I, I don't know. He, um, But he he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. And I, I remember I... Um, I didn't know this at all. My mentor uh, and, and, you know, my boss in a sense, basically said, Hey, you're doing, you're doing play by play for this high school game on ESPN. We were sending you Paul Sorensen. He's our, you know, he's your color guy. And so Paul shows up and just really lively, you know, super hyper 
awesome color guy because we talked a ton. Yeah, and yeah, he um, was he was a very compelling to listen to as well. Yeah, yeah, and and I I come up. Oh well, no, the guy you listened to, I think the game you listened to, that was Bob. Uh, that was Bob. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot what his last. No, it was a different. Uh, yeah, it was a different. It was guy. it was a different guy. Yeah, both of them very compelling guys. Bob, um, Bob actually was used to be a broadcaster for Whitworth University for a long time. But anyways, Paul, I I, I was so I'm like talking to Paul and I'm kind of and I was explaining to him, you know, like hey, I I I don't know football as much. I've never played. I know it. You know, I can broadcast it, but I've never played it. And so I asked him, I was like, Have you ever played football? Which in retrospect is the dumbest question I think I've ever asked someone in my life. And and he looked at me like I was the like I just like insulted him. I mean, he, he looked, looked at, at you like, the same way I looked at Ian kidding? when he goes, "Is Joe Montana yeah. better? Is Steve Young better than Joe Montana?" And I, went, and I just yeah, no, I know. No, I literally, literally, yeah, li- literally looked at me that exactly that way and was like, "You don't know who I am?" And I was like, <laughs> "Damn, uh, no, I don't know who you are." And he was like, "He's like, well, I played in the NFL for a couple years, and you know, I I was I'm in the College Football Hall of Fame," and I was like fuck that's that's bad man <laughs> that's oh. that's so frustrating yeah <laughs> no very yeah, cool very like, cool i was just testing you i was, I was making yeah sure you i was like gotcha <laughs> but no so but he, he was awesome guy and and he actually helped me a ton because he did he does color for eastern washington university which is division one here mm-hmm. um and so he knew the format and everything and that was my first game i had ever i had done at for, for espn and that step between going from basically doing your own format, like, you know, Quizby, you make your format. Like, yeah. you don't have to follow, like, you don't have corporate in bed breathing down your neck saying you have to do this, this, and this. You make your own format. Right. To doing someone else's format was very challenging, for surprisingly challenging, more than I expected. Because they, they give you a packet, basically, like, when you show up. And you can get lucky if you get it beforehand. And that packet has every single sponsor, every single ad that you have to be reading and it's all timed and you have to hit those times. You have to make sure, you know, your commercials are only a certain amount of time and you have to fit those commercials into specific slots. Yeah. We miss parts of the game. So the commercials obviously are the most important part of the broadcast because that's where you make your money. Mm. And so I remember there, there, sometimes depending on how late we were talking into a, you know, into a timeout or something, like let's say they call a timeout and we were in the middle of saying something and we maybe go five or 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds in, and then we send it to commercial. Well, that means 15 seconds on the other side of that timeout that was called on the field. They're playing and we are still in commercial break. We can't just take it back early. And so both, you know, we both Paul and I were looking at each other like fingers crossed. Hopefully they don't throw like a, you know, 80 yard touchdown pass here on this play while we're at break, right. you know? And, and, and so it, it's, it's definitely interesting, but it's a lot of fun and it's fun to take that next step moving forward. Yeah. You basically go from being the um, talent and the executive producer when you're here, because I, I do the same thing where um, I, I get to decide how long we do pregame show, what, how long of a break we get to do between to actually having somebody who's um, he has, he has their own agenda and, at that at that level everybody's going to try and do their jobs the best of their ability and and make sure that they have no mistakes just because that's how they they feed their family it's the same when when you volunteer coaching like for you if you volunteered coaching baseball you're going to put yeah. your time and effort into it but it's not how you're going to make your money it's not how you're supporting your family um so you you know you're not going to put as much into it whereas you go to a, if you're going to go and try and coach at high school level or, or the college level that's how those guys make their money so they're going to yeah. be very strict very on time with what they got to do and um if it steps on your toes it steps on your toes they're not going to lose their job over a mistake that somebody else made yeah well my and my producer back at espn 
um, or the producer back at ESPN, uh, you know, really nice guy. And he produces the, or he engineers their sports talk show and all of that, but he also engineers all the broadcasts. But yeah, no, it's very punctual and, um, you know, and, and it's just, a, it's, a, it's another level. And, and, and I also switched over and did some of the TV stuff as well. And I got the chance to work because so that the TV station that I do some broadcast for is Marissa station with NBC. And so I, I spend a lot of time there anyways, you know, when I go visit Marissa at work or, you know, working with them, I, I know everyone that works there, the directors, producers, you know, um, uh, talent, all of that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, but they're, they, they've just, they're the, the environment it's it's i mean don't get me wrong it's i'm sure it's a step up if you go to a national level where you're you know looking look like the national espn or the national i bet you joe buck's producer is another level another level exactly but you know these guys there it's just they've been doing it for so long and they have expectations and you know and it's it's very it's interesting and it's a lot of fun because i think of it like as a team sport you know you get these guys that are all really good at what they do now you know, and, and, and you also are trying to get on that level and, and, you know, and you're all working collectively, um, for the same goal of producing this phenomenal show, whether it's around high school basketball, we're doing a high school wrestling game next week, you well, know, or whether doing it's wrestling. doing, I, I am. Yeah. I, it's the, it's funny because they, uh, they were like, they came to me and, and one of the, one of the, um, anchors for SWX, uh, is, is, is an ex UFC fighter. And uh, like low level, but still an ex UFC fighter. And uh, they came to me and, and they were like, you know, we were thinking about having you broadcast the, the high school wrestling game. And I'm like, oh, like, are you sure you don't want Joe doing the game? <laughs> you know? And yeah. Joe's the, the UFC guy. I'm like, he seems like a better fit for something like that. And so I think he's going to do it. And, um, you know, it's either going to be me color or I'll do play by play and he'll do color. We'll see kind of how that, that goes through. But, yeah, it's it's interesting to kind of see like moving forward, you know, just learn about all the, the different inner workings of how that, that happens, how you work through a truck, a production truck. Um, I get to broadcast my first uh, college game coming back, you know, since Western and it's my, it'll be my first division one college game on the radio for ESPN doing uh, Eastern Washington uh, basketball here, uh, I believe in March. And that'll be super fun. Just be, just to kind of get in that atmosphere and um, you know, it's just, it's fun to work in the different formats and, you know, work with the different people. And then obviously working with the minor league baseball system over the summer, getting to do a couple broadcasts with them, but then doing PA announcing, it's just, it's fun to work in sports. And I would recommend, even if you can't get a broadcasting job, you know, initially, or even if you can't, you know, if you don't get that producing job initially, like just stay, work as a cameraman, you know, just stay in sports. Cause it's, it's fun. And, and there's a lot of exciting times. Um, to be had around uh, the sports community. Yeah, I can't imagine myself doing anything that doesn't involve sports since I've I've been an athlete since I was four. That's when I started wrestling, yeah. and I can't not have that competitive. I still get when I get ready for the broadcast. I now that I don't play anymore and I'm done and I'm going to graduate soon. Uh, I still get the butterflies before a broadcast the yeah, same way that exactly. I would before a game, and that's the I can't not be around it. So I'm ready to. I'll live on somebody's couch. I'll I'll surf homes and, and any any job opportunity that i have i'll i'm not gonna lie to their face but I'll, I'll if they ask me hey can you be the producer here and that's not my strongest suit i'm much more of a of a analyst and personality but you know what fuck it i'll, I'll start producing the show and then i'll throw in my two cents if you guys want me to i'll, I'll make sure that everything stays on the right track and then when they do need somebody i'm ready to, to, to step in i'll be i'll be that I was a closer when I was a pitcher, and I'll come in and I'll close out a show. I, I have that mentality. I have that mindset in me. So, yeah. And well, so, at, go ahead. Yeah. 
No, and so I was I was just going to say specifically. So if you know, one of the things that I learned, my biggest learning point with with moving into broadcasting here is I, my mentor, um, who is the voice of Eastern Washington University. He uh, he was talking to me kind of about you know. I was asking him, you know, okay, so how do you get a how do you get a big time Division One broadcasting job? And it's run through, and I don't know if you know this, but have you heard, uh, have you heard of Learfield IMG College? Uh, no. no, I haven't. Okay, so basically, Learfield IMG is the overall encompassing network that owns. It's like Westwood One Sports, okay, um, that owns all of broadcasting for college for for high level college sports, high level Division Two or low level and high level division one, any NCAA broadcast goes through Learfield IMG. They, they own the entire thing. Um, and so like Westwood one, Westwood one is its own little, you know, big company that does that, that manages the broadcasting of big time, you know, NFL, March Madness, NBA, like all of those kind of big broadcasts and they hire and do, they deal with all the broadcasting stuff. And then they just send out those broadcasts to ESPN and ESPN goes and and puts it on the air and that's kind of how it works and everyone makes money and so that's the same thing with Learfield and so I was so my, my mentor was telling me you know okay Learfield if you want to get into division one broadcasting you got to get into Learfield IMG networks um, because that's that's who makes the decisions so actually if if Larry that my mentor at Eastern Washington if he were to retire tomorrow and that job at Eastern Washington opened up although I am probably directly in line because I have the connection for that job, Eastern Washington doesn't hire for that position. Learfield IMG hires for that position, and Learfield IMG is based in North Carolina. And North Carolina, and so they most likely would send some person, some broadcaster that they have, you know, just waiting for their shot all the way out here from North Carolina, from wherever he is, uh, okay. he or she is, and that's who would get the job, even though I'm here working, you know, in this industry, in this market. Yeah. And which is interesting to me. And it, see, it was like, oh my gosh, that's actually, that's kind of stressful. You know, like, like oh, don't, if, if I don't want to, if I don't want to move to North Carolina, you know, like, how do I do that? I'm starting and there's to ways sweat around. just thinking about it. I know. Right. And, and there's ways around it. And, and that doesn't have to be the way that it happens. Uh, but for Washington state, <clears throat> a lot of people were upset because WSU has one of the best broadcasting programs, including Terry Schliesman, uh, your station manager at Quisby, uh, general manager, came came out of that and worked in the Washington State, you know, communications and broadcasting program. But they have one of the best broadcasting programs in the nation. And when they hired a couple years ago their new broadcaster, Learfield IMG sent some guy from North Carolina, one of their studio hosts, to be the new voice of the Cougs. And Washington State was pissed because they wanted to someone, you know, one of their alumni to to be the voice of the Cougs. And Learfield said, nope, we have a guy who's waiting and he's the guy. And granted, Matt Chasna is a phenomenal broadcaster, like unbelievable for his for his age. I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal broadcaster. But there's definitely a monopoly there. And so I would say, you know, one of the best places to look for jobs out of college look at Learfield because they're always looking for studio producers. And those are basically the board ops. They have a a campus that has like 50 plus studios and each one of those studios is doing a specific game and during those games you know let's say one of them is doing an Ole Miss basketball game during halftime the play-by-play guys will send it back to the studio this and the studio producer will do a little halftime show you know do a little halftime show while engineering it's almost like if Anna did a halftime show for the the uh, or Leaf did a halftime show for the western broadcast same maybe, kind maybe of idea we'll start implementing that that could be fun it could be exactly, and then you send, and then and then once the game gets ready to go back, you send it back, and and but the, a lot of times those studio producers and those studio hosts 
are play-by-play guys in the making. You know, like they're guys that are just waiting for their shot. Yeah. And that's kind of the the um, the network and how it moves forward. So it, I I didn't know any of that. I I thought that colleges hired broadcasters. You know, I've worked. I mean, I thought it was like Western. You know, yeah. you just got in with a radio station or you got in with the college, and that's you, how you it find worked. the you find the sports director blacked out at a party one night, and then yeah. you decide. <laughs> You you, you talk, start talking to him. He's like, "Hey, yeah, come by the studio one day." And then you have to. I said that, that clearly like, too. Yeah. Oh God, is he going to remember who I was? And oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I'm glad you made that story up because uh, you know that's that's a that's a really yeah. Funny no, I don't know who that applies to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in here, if Terry listens to this, he, he might be uh, might be giving you a call about your um, hiring techniques. But yeah, no, it, it worked out because you, you like you said, you're the legacy now. You you took over after I left, so you know that was a good party that we were at. But no, I, yeah, it's I, I always thought that it was just hired through like a college, and now to find out that there's this over encompassing company that that does all the hiring and the decisions for that and does all the pay for that. It, it was like, wow, that's intimidating, you know? And so there's ways around it. Like I said, you know, there are ways that Larry, if he was to retire, you know, could, could put in a good word for me in, in different situations and stuff like that. But that's kind of the idea of it. So, you know, Jimmy, if you're looking to get a job, start looking out at Learfield IMG. Cause you know, like you said, if you're willing to live on someone's couch, that could be a direct line. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely look into that. And I, I'm glad that you, uh, you you broke that down for me because um, it's always better to know something earlier than rather than later. And I probably wouldn't have learned uh, yeah. that until I was already um, s- stuck in some some market or searching for a job somewhere. So uh, I'm that glad was me. That, uh, yep, that was exactly the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I got that now. Um, last thing that I wanted to talk about. It's it's big. You're the first, I, I would say, close friend to me that's that's going to get married. Um, not sure when <laughs> yeah. when the wedding's coming, but you and Marissa. Um, are, are engaged and, and that's coming up soon. Uh, are you getting nervous at all? Is, is it close to uh, when the, it, when you it, guys are going to get married or are you getting we're, we're getting married in August. So I'll keep the official date off the records, even though you're getting an invite, but you know, some, some other people might, who listed might not be, <laughs> don't want to, don't want to, don't want to don't give an open invitation to this thing, but, um, but it's, it's, it's going to be in August. And, uh, and so we're, uh, yeah, we're in the planning process right now. I, I'm not nervous in a like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting married sense. Surprisingly, um, I, I'm pretty confident and comfortable in that sense. It's more of the like planning stuff that I'm like, dude, I got to get a tux and I got to get a tux for all my groomsmen yep. and I got to get a, and I got to get like, you know, and Marissa's got to get bridesmaids dresses and she already got her dress figured out, but I'm like, you know, I got to get all that stuff. It's, and we're getting married in Colorado. So it's like, we've got to get, figure out travel accommodations. Okay. You know, we still haven't even technically sent out our invitation cards yet. So I'm like, you know, are, we got to send those out long enough before so people know that they're coming. Yeah, and no, our parents was, are taking care of most of it, but it's just like, man, it is the planning stuff is a nightmare. I was talking to Joel because Joel's my RD, and Joel and Marissa were actually kind of close when uh, you guys were were back yeah, here. Yeah. And uh, I, I was like, have have you gotten anything about Christian and, and Marissa's wedding, or do you think that you're <laughs> going to get an invitation? He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get one, but no, I haven't. No, gotten no, you. Yet. Oh yeah, you and Joel are definitely coming. No, yeah, Joel is Joel is a good friend of ours too. When we were when we were both uh, last year, and yeah, no, that's funny. It's we're, we're excited, but it's just yeah, the the planning process is is excruciating. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm I'm working three different jobs right now with broadcasting, and um, and I'm also getting my master's at Gonzaga at, at the same time. So it's a it's a bit of a crazy process, but. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a busy time and that's just one of those things that you got to kind of throw on top of it and get stuff done as you can. And 
you know, it comes and goes, but it, it'll be coming up here soon. And I'm sure it'll come quicker. People keep saying, Oh, it'll be here faster than, you know, and I'm sure it will. Yeah. It's going to be uh, exciting. And I mean, I know you and you and Marissa, um, are, are like me in the fact that you guys are going to be successful no matter where you guys end up and whatever you guys decide to do, you, you guys are going to make work. So I'm, I'm happy for you guys. I'm glad that everything's working out there. Um, and it seems like you're doing, you're, you're grinding the way that I thought you would. So, um, I'm glad everything's going well. I'm glad you, you decided that you wanted to step into the, the podcasting world and thank you for, <laughs> for doing this. This is going to be probably, um, I, I would say it, it's one of the better episodes that I've recorded. So uh, thank you again for doing this. Yeah, no, of course. So we got, we, we covered a wide variety of stuff on this. So no, I'm I'm glad then, you know, if, if you ever need to just fill a segment, I can talk about anything and everything. Even if you just need a 30 minute show, bring me on. I'll, I'll talk about random stuff out there. So I, I'm all about it. All right. It. Sounds good here. Uh, I'll give you your chance to plug uh, social media and, and any of the stuff that you want to um, for that, that you have upcoming um, um, that you're going to be working on. Well, right now I'm actually, I mean, so specifically, I don't have any like thing like projects that I'm working on right now, but I am uh, in the works of basically kind of hopefully finalizing a full-time job. And I, I'm not going to be too specific about it yet. Cause I, I don't want to come back and like, you know, be like, Oh, well I actually ended up not getting it worked out yet, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, it is with a division one college and it's a full-time job working in the athletics department. Um, and I'm hoping that that kind of comes to, to, to fruit here in the next couple weeks. Um, you know, if not, you know, if not, the good thing is I've got kind of some good stuff that I'm doing already, you know, with, with the different broadcasts that I'm doing and working, you know, doing, <clears throat> doing the, some production work with the, with the, uh, SWX and NBC. But man, if I, if I can get this kind of figured out, then I'll be able to be working in college athletics and, um, that'll be pretty fun. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I can hear back and get that process figured out, but it's been exciting to come onto the, onto the podcast with you. And I, I wish you luck continuing as you go forward and good luck tonight. Hopefully Western gets a win for you guys. Yeah. It'd be great uh, to get a, another um, sweep on a Saturday. It always makes the weekend. Uh, oh, it's so a lot much. of work, but it always makes the weekend a lot better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, uh, thank you for, ha- thank you for coming on and uh, we'll keep, I'll make sure everybody who listens, keeps an eye out for you. Cause I know you're going to be doing big things here. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck, too, as you get ready for the, the rest of, the, of your winter and the rest of the year. And good luck to Western as well tonight. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. See you, Jay. Show me from all